Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we praise your holy name and we thank you, Lord, for this uh, electronic ecclesia, the, uh, the, the means, the means that you have uh, blessed us all with uh, to allow us to even have uh, this, gather, this type of a gathering. Uh, we know the world is closing in. We know the darkness is continuing to close in, even though that the, uh, the forces of darkness or the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate is uh, definitely going into some type of what appears to be some type of quiet period or whatever. But we're wise enough to, to be aware that they're not stopping and they're ramping things up. And we thank you for that wisdom, Father God, because it could only come from you. We praise you for awakening us to the things that are happening out there and, and and giving us the wisdom to realize that um, even though it may seem like things are slowing down, they're not. Um, and um, we just praise you, Father, for making us awake and aware to, to all the dynamics, the fig tree generation, the the, converse, you know, the stuff that uh, Brother Benjamin is going to be bringing forward to us tonight, which is super, super important stuff. Praise God. And uh, we just give you all the praise and glory, Father God, uh, for bringing us through the things that we have to go through through for the refiner's fire, for the challenges and the trials and the tribulations and the things in our lives that we can give you praise for, because we know that they're going to bring us to a better place, and that better place quite frequently and almost invariably is closer to you, because in our weakness we are strong, and we give you all the praise and glory and honor, and Jesus, now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling, Lord Jesus, and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy, and to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It looks like now that we've gotten all that information out now where, uh, you know, we've uh, woven, what would you call it? Well, in a sense, uh, kind of metaphorically, woven a tapestry, if there is such a, you know, of end times uh, events. Uh, And, you know, we've been watching for a whole lot of things, but I think it's really kind of noteworthy and remarkable, praise God, to see uh, the framework and the infrastructure of the Mark of the Beast being instituted. Um, we've been watching for that for a long time, and, and there's been a lot of speculation and uh, you know people pointing at different technologies over the years. But to actually see, um, as a matter of fact, Glenn Beck uh, just came out with a second version of the Global Reset book. Uh, he, he had his first, he had the first now the new one. He's calling Dark Future, and it's a continuation of the Global Reset, so I can only imagine how creepy that's going to get. I wish Glenn knew about Obama and how critical the role is that he's ultimately going to be playing in all of this, because then he'd really be able to weave the tapestry together. But anyway, um, but yeah, we've come to a place really in a, it's a, it's a weird place to be, to recognize and to know, you know, to see uh, the, the infrastructure, you know, to understand the endpoints, understand the 5G and why 5G is so important because each human body is an endpoint. And the one thing that that particular frequency uh, is able to do is uh, have more endpoints. So every individual becomes a node, if you will, on the global network. Um, uh, but we, you know, to see all of the things, to understand, you know, that, you know, we probably don't understand all of it, but, you know, to understand that this all this creepy stuff that's been instituted and put into place and in, in, you know, and it's, it's not complete, but we know that they're moving forward with it. We know that they're coming after us. We know that um, the power that we have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over our food and blessing our food is uh, a protection that we all 
are very, very blessed to have um, because as they continue to come after every single human on the face of the earth, trying to get them to have part, you know, that whole graphene oxide nanoparticle noise injected into us or through our food, through our meat, through our vegetables, whatever it is, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they want a hundred percent and, um, they, I don't think they're ever going to get that. Um, I, I, and I, I am very interested in wondering, I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know how I can't stitch together. I have, you know, ideas, but when I, you know, like when, when the United States breaks into civil war, you know, are they going to take advantage of that moment? Because, you know, they're, they're fomenting it. They're actually orchestrating it. And so I wonder, uh, is that going to be the moment that they go ahead and institute martial law on account of that? Or will there be more bad things that happen that, you know, uh, shove, uh, the end times, uh, events forward at, you know, like, like, you know, the Rachel Baxter, uh, you know, godly dream that she was given by the Lord uh, in regard to Chicago, you know, and the destruction of Chicago launching and, and jettisoning, jettisoning, <laughs> shooting us forward uh, right into uh, World War Three. And again, you know, I don't know, you know, we don't know, uh, you know, so uh, but it is fascinating to, to review what the Lord has revealed to us over the last essentially six, seven months. Uh, and, and you know, there for a while it was like, you know, it, it just felt like this big black wall of evil was closing in on all of us. And, and it still is. It's just that I think what might have happened, because they listen, you know, they listen with supercomputers and they, you know, and these entities do. And, they, and I think what happened was they got too front and center. So now they're kind of, you know, backing off a little bit, not making quite as much noise. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're not moving forward with the agenda. They certainly are. They just, uh, it appears that, you know, after they got rid of Carlson, now I heard he's something about him going over to Newsmax. I was kind of hoping he was going to join up with Glenn, Glenn back on the blaze, but oh, well, anyway, so I'm not much of a Newsmax person myself. So, uh, but I, anyway, whatever, um, you know, but it's, all for the dumbing down of, you know, we're getting too wise. I mean, really, at the end of the day, the the American general public. Now, now, granted, the I don't know why this is, but it is a fact, and it and um, so the more the, you know, the more conservative, the more intellectual types out there, they know a lot more about what's going on than they let on to. Okay, I constantly run across people in my workplace and stuff that know what's going on. They see the things that are happening, and um, it's amazing how many people know what's going on. They may not know the intricacies of, you know, they may not know that DARPA, you know, the Defense, uh, you know, Advanced Research Projects Agency, you know, which is a black ops arm, if you will, you know, they, they may not realize that the infrastructure for the Mark of the Beast has been uh, started uh, and, and really humongously started, let's just say. It's, it's not a slow start at all. They've done really a, a whiz-bang, amazing, creepy job of uh, what they've set forth to do. And, 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 you know, and just like Glenn Beck says, no one ever gets in trouble. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. And it's true. Um, and then, you know, so anyway, I, I could ramble on about all this stuff, but um, I did take a note ever, you know, so Carlson gets terminated. Um, 
Dan Bugino simultaneously loses his gig. Um, and now Fox has been neutered. Okay, so there's this huge uh, – all I can tell you is that people are chattering and they're saying, like, you know, ban Fox News. I know, uh, don't listen to them anymore. You know, boycott it, this, that, and the other thing. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't care. I don't really care. I didn't even watch it anyway. I let the Lord just show me what he wants me to see in here. Uh, so I would get – you know, it wasn't like I was flipping on my TV and watching – Tucker Carlson. I wasn't. I never did. Uh, but he was uh, way ahead of his time, praise God. And uh, and so he's not going away. But I don't really know when I look at the global. Um, how do I put this? The news across the globe right now. It's it's quiet. I mean, it's kind of quietish. Um, the, you know, I and uh, so usually when I'm doing Sunday pr- show prep. Or even Wednesday show prep, I have like, oh no, I can't believe this is happening, kind of stuff. And um, and tonight, uh, I looked at the the news has just gotten quiet. I don't know why, but it has. And um, uh, I think it might have something to do because I've noticed this. It won't stay quiet for long. That's for sure. Okay, it will not stay quiet for long. That is a fact. It never does. All right. But but I will say this. It may be an indication with, you know, I think they know that we're onto them and they don't like how much we are onto them. Okay. And um, the magnitude, the the level of our, the intimacy associated with, we know all of that. We, we've, we've got it down. I mean, there are actually groups out there. Now, I don't get involved in any of this stuff, but they're, they're, supposedly they're putting together thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon feet of people that are going to go and, you know, make a big stink or whatever and protest during Bilderberg. Well, there have been protests during the Bilderberg groups now for like forever. So I'm, you know, and these guys, they have like special military details, you know, with machine guns and all kinds of things. You know, nobody's going to be able to, it's not going to make any difference. I mean, it's just, it's the same stuff. It's just like, you know, watching Groundhog's Day. And unfortunately, you know, I, I feel better when there, I don't know about you, but I feel better when there are big things, big end times things happening across the world. When things get a little bit quiet, it makes me kind of I don't know. I kind of like think, you know, is it the quiet before the storm? Is something real big heading this way? Was that person who made the comment about uh, Ebola slash Marlberg, you know, is something going to break over the biolab that was attacked in the Sudan the other day? I don't know. You know, all I can say is that it, it, it makes me suspicious when things get a little bit on the quiet side and um and that you know when you when you just kind of roll it all together into a big ball carlson bogino going uh you know and and then articles coming out astute articles coming out and saying things like the whole reason i think it was a cia whistleblower or something i got i i i didn't print the article out but basically this particular individual had uh said that he straight up came right out and said the reason they had to get rid of carlson and bogino and etc is because people were getting too wise. They were they were giving out too much information. And they want to keep the American public dumbed down. 
Um, and so uh, that that takes folks like us and makes us have to dig even deeper now. We have to look um, – we have to be a little bit more oh, – what would you call it? I don't know. We have to dig deeper and deeper into the news that's available out there because, as they, you know, they they call it the censorship industrial complex is getting out of control right now. And I really think they want us to all just kind of, you know, whistle along and la 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 la, and everything's just fine and go about life and not, you know, and because they don't want us paying attention to what it is they're doing. But we already know what the agenda is. We already know what they are going to continue forward with. We, we, we already got that down. Okay, so praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us that information so that we don't have – there's no more guessing games. I mean, really, when you think about it, other than the list of items that are going to, you know, become either a part of World War III or be separate major warlike events leading up to World War III, um, then we've got the Cascadia subduction zone that, you know, that event is queued up big time and and there's still much the geologists are making such a fuss such a fuss over the leaking of the various gases and stuff coming from this supposedly 600 mile crack uh so again you know what's going to happen next when's it going to happen is you know how how dumbed down are they going to get us are is the censorship you know, industrial complex going to crack down on our information flows to the point where, because right now, I, I mean, even if you go to Infowars.com, I mean, you should be able to get some really good, juicy, end-of-the-world stuff there, and, and it's kind of boring. <laughs> and I'm, like, thinking to myself, InfoWars is never boring. So anyway, um, yeah, I was, like, probing around and going, wow, we are definitely in a, I suspect, very short-lived, quiet moment right and 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 you know me you know tribulation now that drives me nuts so it, it you know i'm kind of like looking over my shoulders going okay what is this this can't be good all right so anyway um and uh i will say that historically over the last 12 years if we did have a show or two where things got a little bit quiet um, it sure didn't last very long. That is for sure. So what's next? What's going to happen? Is it going to be something over in the Ukraine? I know that there's been a lot of rattling, saber rattling over there. Um, every, you know, I'm not going to get, it, it, you can go back and forth forever because the problem is we're not dealing with Ukrainian, not really. We're dealing with, I'm not going to get into all that. I said NATO and Polish troops and people dressing up like Ukraine, all that. But they're talking about this is what they, the 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 people that are involved to in whatever capacity, it is completely irrelevant. But when you listen to the chatter of the people that are talking about what what is going on or what's planned to be going on over in the Russian Ukrainian situation is now they're talking about they're threatening to actually do direct attacks against Moscow. Now, if they do that, and supposedly there was another, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a rumor, maybe unconfirmed report that they tried, whoever the they people are, tried to send a drone, uh, you know, to kill Putin or something like that. So again, there's, there, they, they're not going to give up. That, I mean, that's the one thing that we can definitely 
lay our hat on, is that the whole thing in the Ukraine, they didn't come this far to, to let that one go. So whatever, no matter what, no matter what, they have the forces of darkness have got big plans for what's going on over in the Ukraine with the Russian Federation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it may appear sometimes, oh, look, they're going to take Bakhmut and it's almost over and all, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. No, that ain't never going to happen. They're not going to let it go. They're going to keep on pushing, keep on making, doing everything they can to escalate the situation. And, and uh, you know, so we've got that going on. Some people are making fusses about uh, the King of England and people doing oaths. Uh, Sister Vera was pointing that out to me. Now, you know, I don't care about monarchies. They're reptilians. They drink blood. They're creepy, and I don't want nothing to do with them. I don't even like to acknowledge them. Um, but unfortunately, you know, people are making a fuss about it, and we'll see. You know, I, I I already know who the Antichrist is. I know. That's a fact. My mom told me when I was 10 years old, and I and I will never, never, ever, ever change my mind. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, on that note, kids, are you ready for a couple of jokes? <laughs> Oh, man, I need my water. My blood pressure medicine, oh, my gosh, it makes my, I can barely talk sometimes. It makes my mouth so dry. All right, kids, are you ready? Let's start out with this one. Why did the kid cross the playground? You guys should know the answer to this one. Why did the kid cross the playground? To get to the other slide. (laughs) I used to love slides, kids. You like? Yeah. All right. Okay, kids. How does a vampire start a letter? How does a vampire start a letter? Tomb it may concern. Tomb it may concern. Get it? I, I, that wasn't that good, was it? I don't know. What do you think, kids? Kids? You don't? Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. I see your little sign there, Spanky. You don't like vampire stuff. I don't blame you. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, uh, kids, what do you call a droid that takes a, the long way around? What do you call a droid that takes the long way around? R to detour. <laughs> I don't know, kids. What do you think? Is that, uh, it works. Okay. All right. Well. We must have some uh, sci-fi fans here, praise God. All right, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, we're going to go ahead and stay on time because we want to bring on Brother Benjamin right, right on the top of the hour. So let's go ahead and, and uh, blaze a pathway into the news. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Praise God. Now, I'm going to read this. I have not read it, um, but I am very interested. Uh, it's from a, a, I don't know, a, some kind of a 
It's called the National Pulse. Never heard of them before in my life. Anyway, the uh, the headline reads that the World Economic Forum says that it will quote accelerate implementation of globalist agenda for 2030. So, I don't know. Let's see what it says. It says, world leaders will be gathering later this year to accelerate the implementation of Agenda 2030, according to the announcement made by the unaccountable corporate-led World Economic Forum earlier this week. So, evidently, they came forward and said, we're going to speed things up. Okay, uh, you know, we need that like we need a hole in our heads, right? Anyway, it goes on. It says, the United Nations and the WEF appear frustrated by a lack of progress made toward their Great Reset ideology alongside Agenda 2030, the socialist ideological successor to the failed Millennium uh, Development Goals. The WEF, led by German engineer Klaus Schwab, uh, whose father once worked for the Nazi Party apparatus, which is true, has said previous efforts to implement their plans suffered unforeseen setbacks due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, that's that's bunk. Okay. Anyway, it goes on. That was that's ridiculous. Whoever wrote this is absolutely clueless. Anyway, it goes on and says uh, global leaders and representatives are therefore being summoned to strategize how they're going to expedite what their you know 2030 agenda is and blah 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 but anyway they, they you know they no they, they, for for them to suggest that the pandemic event uh wasn't uh you know, no, that was that's part of the agenda. That's uh, a, a huge, humongous, unbelievably huge part of the agenda. Praise God, thank you, Jesus. All right, so it's not normal. It's not normal. It's just wrong. Wow. Wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Praise God. Next one up. Scientists find weird holes on the floor, spewing ancient fluids like a fire hose. So it's 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 uh, the the fuss that the scientific community is making in regard to the Cascadia subduction zone and the various emissions that are coming out of these various holes. Uh, evidently, it's a lot of them now because I got a whole bunch of photographs here in front of me. Uh, but they are making uh, people get, getting pretty getting pretty. Uh, Fired up about it, looks like. It says, um, says holes spewing warm fluids from the boundary between the tectonic plates have been discovered at the bottom of the ocean off the coast of Oregon. Researchers think it's strange, never seen this phenomenon before, dubbed Pythias Oasis after a ancient Greek priestess uh, uh, could provide insight into the earthquake risk along with this dangerous fault, they say. So anyway, they're, they're theorizing about what this means. We know uh, that uh, the Lord, at least, uh, and, um, I, I forget her name, and I, I always feel bad about it. I ought to put it on a post-it note, this lady's name. i got to go back and find it. But she was given, she was a guest on our program. I believe her name was, her first name was Linda. But anyway, she had uh, been given a dream, and, and the Lord told her in that dream that the Cascadia Subduction Zone event is the next major judgment of the Lord that's queued up. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Unexplained upsurge of United States brain abscesses puzzles doctors. 
Doesn't puzzle me. <laughs> you ought to look at the VAERS database. You'll probably find it right there and amongst one of the, you know, right beside myocarditis. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one. World's largest Baptist university hosts. Oh. Um, an LGBT LMNOP event. Let's just leave it at that. Ah, isn't that special? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Extreme heat wave is consuming Spain. Portugal melts April temperature records, according to this particular article. Um, and let's see here. Of course, they got it in Celsius. It doesn't look like it's that hot. Alexa. What is 38.8 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? Let's see what she says. Oh, that is kind of hot. That's 101 degrees. Um, Be quiet. Thank you. All right. Anyway, so 101 degrees we're dealing with over in Portugal, Spain, and areas around there. So the folks that... uh, uh, do the redacted show are going to have some uh, nice little heat heat wave going on there. I think they're in Lisbon, uh, whatever. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Next one, AP Newswire reports, Russian official Ukrainian drone strikes Crimea oil depot. Now, um, all I'm going to say is when they're striking Crimea and they're striking and they're hitting Donetsk really hard. Oh, by the way, it's us. It's the United States of America that's doing it. Um, and, you know, and now they're talking about direct strikes in Moscow. Crimea, as far as Russia's concerned, that's Moscow. OK, same thing with, you know, uh, all that Donbass area now has been, you know, that, that as far as the, the Russian Federation is concerned, that land now belongs to them. All right. So uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, it seems like there's n- n- no stopping the powerful desire to escalate this into World War III, which makes tonight's program with Brother Benjamin all the more important, praise God. All right. So anyway, um, so there you, there you have a very massive attack uh, against an oil depot in um, Crimea. So again, what we're seeing is an escalation of attacks that are directly against land and assets that belong as far as Moscow is concerned, they belong directly to Russia. And this has been escalating. So what what we're seeing now is this shift where, you know, most of the fighting and stuff like that was being centered around uh, Bakhmut and has been for quite some time. Uh, People, you know, wonder why. And it's evidently because there's some streets that are key for them to, uh, you know, it's just a strategically all the roads that go in and out of that are are very strategically critical for uh you know moving to the next level and and such for russia okay so but then in the midst of all of this what we have is this humongous uptick of you know the cia the united states black ops the and of course what whoever it is they're working with over there um to uh attack more and more official Russian assets. It's happening more and more and more. And that is, that's a noteworthy shift. It's kind of like, you know, 
because well, you heard the report that we played on the last show where they had used a um, – oh, gosh, I forget what they called it – the uh, hypersonic missile that they have. Um, they used it to go – you know, to take out a deep underground base um, where they had NATO generals, et cetera, uh, people running the war uh, effort, uh, and they just completely wiped them all out with one missile. Um, and I think we're going to see an uptick of those types of dynamics. It's going to get a lot worse because, well, they, they're, you know, they're escalating it. They're, you know, they're attacking Russian assets. And if they take it into Moscow, at, and I'm, I feel pretty positive that the, we'll just call them the forces of evil, which, by the way, aren't on the Russian side. But anyway, um, uh, you know, these, these entities that are trying to escalate this war – uh, if they start hitting Moscow direct uh, and and doing more things like that, I really cannot imagine how things would not escalate. Uh, the amount of wow, it's just amazing to me that they put up with as much as they have so far. It's it's uh, it's astonishing. Praise God, the restraint is amazing. Anyway, next one up. World Net Daily reports, train carrying paint, lithium batteries, derails, sends cars into the Mississippi River. Okay, so again, uh, what's up with all the, you know, it's pretty much every week. There's uh, some kind of train derailment, and, and invariably, at least half, if not more, of the trains are carrying, well, you know, potentially either explosive or, or deadly poisons or whatever. Uh, so, but it is odd. I do, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's hard to get your arms around it. I mean, it, it, it's just a trend, and it, it and it's not going away. Now, what I haven't seen for a while, and I don't know if it's because I'm missing it or they're keeping it more secret, but what I haven't seen for a while is an attack against a food facility. You know, or you know, we the last one we had was, or last one that I can recall was that massive fire arson, obviously an arson, with all those cows that were killed. But other than that, I haven't seen anything, um, you know, there for a while, really, every other day, there was some kind of food facility going up in flames. And you know there are arsons. These are not coincidences. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Natural News, they have a headline here, Torrents of Layoffs. Here are 16 uh, large companies that have just announced massive terminations, which I don't like hearing about this. But uh, anyway, Tyson's one, Lyft, Deloitte, The Gap, Ernst & Young, 3M, CDW, uh, David's Bridal, Dropbox, Red Hat, um, Open Door, First Republic, Walmart, uh, Facebook, Amazon, and Disney all have thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that they're going to be laying off. These are, you know, they, they want to keep us ignorant about the, the state of our economy, but it's, it's worldwide, really. You know, everything in the Bible is worldwide, and when you keep your finger on the pulse of the things that are happening over in the European, you know, in, in the EU, and, you know, all over the place, you know, and and you don't get yourself, you want to really watch your P's and Q's and don't get yourself lost in the uh, lies that are going to, you know, 
don't listen to anything. You know, if you flip on your TV and you are listening to them go blah, 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 and yak, 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 well, guess what? Why don't you just go find yourself some kind of, uh, I mean, go visit a, a psychiatric ward. And, because that's about all, that's the, how useful the information is going to be. We have been completely, this country's toast. Okay, but that's exactly how they wanted it to be. They want us to, you know, they, they, you'll see. All right, and and it's getting worse. I mean, it, it's it's a mind bending. I mean, it really is. It's like Jonathan, the way that Jonathan Clegg is like, get your spatula and scrape your chin off the ground, and that's exactly. It's it's unbelievable that I I can't believe. I I guess I can believe it, but I don't like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I definitely do not like to not have access to know what's going on in great detail, especially when it comes to events associated with the end times. Uh, You know, being stuck in a, uh, what would you call it? Well, again, in a censorship industrial complex, it's not good. Uh, And so we're going to have to um, really, I don't know, just keep our eyes on the Glenn Becks of the world and some of the other ones. Redacted is a good source for some things. Uh, But it's they're going after these entities from the bowels of Sheol are going after any form of information that would keep us awake and aware to the magnitude of the degradation and destruction, this controlled demolition of this country and all of the West, what they call the West. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. This one says massive explosions on the sun sends billions of tons of plasma to the earth and it could cause blackouts. Okay. And, uh, you know, again, um, it could, but probably not. All right. So anyway, um, uh, but one never knows. So we'll just keep our eyes, always keep your eyes on that sun because, you know, one, there's always that Carrington event kind of a thing that, and we got some prophecies too that are queued up from way back when <clears throat> regarding uh, something large hitting the backside of the sun and causing a uh, quite, quite the solar storm. So we'll see. We'll see. Could, could be years from now for all we know. We don't know. All we can do is just keep our fingers on the pulse of the things that are happening around the world today. And this teeny weeny little bit of what appears to be like quietness. Okay. It's not real quietness. Okay. The wars are still ramping up. The things are still ramping up, the, you know, the, but it's just not, it, it, you know, anyway. All right. Next one up. Russia Today reports United States regulators set deadline for failing bank bids. According to the media, authorities are trying to secure the sale of struggling First Republic Bank before a government takeover. The Federal Deposit Insurance Company, FDIC. Okay, so again, uh, all this, I can sit here and read this whole article, but what they're going to do is just going to, they're going to, it's going to be one bank after another bank after another bank after another bank. And they're going to mention, you know, that things are not what they, what, what it looks like. Okay. And then they're giving statistics and this doesn't look good. And yes, we are fully aware of it. They haven't even, I don't think they've even settled the whole credit suisse thing um, yet. And um, anyway, so uh, we'll have to wait and see, but, Folks, we've got two quadrillion dollars of derivatives wrapped up in in the real estate market, and that is that would be about a hundred times worse than what happened in two thousand and eight. 
All right, so the situation is so tenuous, but yet so artificially stable. Uh, I, you know, I guess they're just going to pull the big red lever whenever they, whenever it fits into their great master satanic plan. All right, next one up. Cyprus offers uh, the European Union an alternative to Russian gas. Local energy sources can be uh, used to partly compensate. President Nikos, I can't pronounce his last name, uh, believes, and, 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 and again, Cyprus, uh, why is this interesting? Well, they're desperately right now, because of the embargoes on the, on the Russian gas and the, the destruction of the pipeline, uh, the, the, European, the European Union is desperately looking for options. Options right now uh, to you know prepare because uh, th- the projections were we'll see if it happens I don't know if it will uh, but uh, the projections were that because of the loss of uh, liquid natural gas uh, that they were going to have a really horrible winter coming up this particular winter now some had thought that it was going to be last winter but when you dug deep enough into the various articles that were written about you know because there's always a delay. There's always a delay before things start hitting. Um, But anyway, I know they're scrambling right now to get things stable uh, before this winter because the the um, the economists and stuff were projecting that the 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 Mac Daddy, the really big impact on LNG uh, was going to be deferred. In other words, they wouldn't really hit full impact over in the EU until this coming winter. All right. So, again, uh, We'll just, I don't know what's going to end up happening. No, nobody knows. It, so we, we shall keep our eyes on that matter as well. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. Uh, this headline reads, Germans are fed up with the Islamic call to prayer. MEP warns uh, it's a land grab. So, again, it, it uh, mentions that residents in Dresden, Germany, are fed up with hearing the Islamic call to prayer as early as 6 a.m. And, you know, they're, you know, so this is building up into a, uh, you can believe this is going to get real ugly real soon. Hmm. But it's not just there. Islamicized Sweden, it says, uh, Christians surrounded by Muslim gang chanting Allah Akbar. So they're already ramping up, um, you know, um, any anything, you know, it, 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 these are. Um, early warning signs of what will ultimately lead to be all sorts. It's not just going to be race. It's going to be religion. It's going to be, I mean, people are just going to be in the streets killing people. I mean, like we haven't seen enough of that already. I don't know if you if you spend any time looking around at, uh, you know, some of the videos like uh, – I, I don't even know if I want to share the name, like Libs of Tip – TikTok or something like that. No, I don't. I don't do TikTok, but I see somebody posting stuff. You know, sometimes when you know I'm flipping through my Doomsville uh, Twitter feed, but you know, there's man, there are certain like Chicago's totally out of control, Philadelphia is totally out of control, San Francisco's totally out of control. I mean, there are cities, I, I, I probably far more than I'm even aware of, that are. They're war zones, and it's mostly Gen Zers. It's mostly, and it's, I'm talking about they're beating people to death. 
It is unbelievable the things that are going on. And I think, you know, it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, I, I, that's a good bet for anybody. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. All right. United States sends shadowy unit of atomic experts to wire Ukraine with nuclear blast detection sensors. The Biden administration is following through in a big way on its past denunciations of nuclear rhetoric and threats coming from Russian leadership in the past months. And as it goes on, the Kremlin is likely to see uh, see it as an ultra provocative and unnecessary step revealed in fresh New York Times reporting on Friday. And it says the United States is wiring the Ukraine with sensors that can detect bursts of radiation from a nuclear weapon or a dirty bomb and can confirm the identity of the attacker, uh, it says, according to the Times, which, of course, you know, whatever. Um, and it goes on. So basically what it's fascinating because Russian doctrine, it, anyway, if you study it, you realize we're the ones making, we're the ones, the United States of Babylon the Great, we are the instigators. We are the ones pushing for the nuclear stuff. We're, you know, yes, once in a while, Lavrov or whoever, Medvedev will, will say something because, you know, Putin's definitely not going to do it. But, the, and, and they may, of course, mention, you know, the option to use tactical nukes. I mean, they're just putting a line in the sand, you know, and that line is pretty clear. And that line is going after Russia in Russia's land. So, again, if they do start attacking and they start sending, you know, drones with payloads and bombing things in Moscow, it's things are going to change pretty quick, I think. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one. Up. Indonesia follows the BRICS, which is Brazil. Um, uh, uh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Brazil, Russia, India, um, South Africa, and China. Okay. But right now, there are so many countries that are lined up. I, I, it's dozens and dozens and dozens of countries are lining up right now to be part and become a part of BRICS. And in this particular case, Indonesia is the one that's being called out. But really, it, it's it's humongous. It's humongous. All right. So, and I'm not at all surprised uh, about that. I, I, I would have estimated that, you know, uh, to happen because the whole world is really split. You know, what would you say? How would you put it? Well, I guess to be perfectly frank, the vast majority of the world is caught on to the hegemony and the, the creepy weirdness that the United States has been pulling, and it's become extremely obvious underneath the Obama-Biden administration, and um, and the rest of the world knows it, and they're sick of it. And so we're, we're about as hated as a country can possibly be on a worldwide level. I can't imagine why, right? I mean, you know, and you know, but people are awake. They know what's going on. Now, this is kind of dystopian, but I wanted to go ahead and play this for you because this is how bad it is getting out there. This is a woman, and uh, I'm just going to play it for you. Oh, by the way, just so you know, I mean, if what you're about to hear isn't creepy enough. This has 5.1 million views. I'm going to play this for you. Unbelievable. 
microchip in my arm and it's the best thing ever. This chip is a powerhouse. It's got everything I need. A credit card, my ID, my medical info, and even my keys. And when it's time for groceries, you just tap your wrist and bam! Transaction done. It's like magic. In a medical emergency, it can save my life. Experts can easily identify me and my medical history. I feel like a sci-fi character and I'm loving it. This amazing chip is totally free. That's right, no more digging into your pockets. And the best part, the surgery is quick. They'll give you a cookie afterwards. They'll give you a cookie afterwards. <clears throat> you can enjoy your cookie on your way to eternal hellfire. <laughs> it's just, folks, I mean, really, when you think about it, what's left? Really, some kind of major, 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 major event, which very well may be World War III going into full swing. We don't know. Um, I'm excited uh, to have uh, Brother Benjamin joining us tonight about this. This is very, very important, but I don't know about y'all, but when things feel a little quiet, it makes me think something big is coming right around the corner. Maybe because I've been doing this so long. <laughs> I don't know. All right, praise God. Next one up. Uh, the Internal Revenue Service is hiring more, as if it wasn't enough to have. Nope, they're hiring more uh, tax enforcers with guns. That is, it's just such a ridiculous. Ridiculous thing. I, I I just can't even. Uh, anyway, I I it, yeah. Next one up. All right. Call for return of face masks. <laughs> As a new COVID variant supposedly is spreading, according to the Independent out of the United Kingdom, face masks should be worn on public transport exports. I'm sorry, experts say, as the Arcturus COVID variant continues to spread. And I did speak to one of my friends over in the United Kingdom, and she said, folks are all walking around with masks again. Uh. Oh, just unbelievable. Anyway, next one up. Philippines reports that a confrontation with China in the, uh, occurred uh, in the South China Sea. Philippine Coast Guard accuses China of engaging in a dangerous maneuvers around the Second Thomas Shoal. Okay, so uh, if this photograph is of the event, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I, that's a big, that's a big, big ship. <laughs> the Chinese Coast Guard ship is a big, big ship, and the Philippine Coast Guard ship is teeny, weeny, weeny by comparison. So I can see how they would feel quite intimidated. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. San Francisco Target. Okay, this is at a Target store. By the way, these are... Um, bubbling up all over the place across the internet. I don't know if you've seen them or not, but there are a, I guess, a, an ever-growing and increasing number of stores, such as Target, such as Walmart, such as various grocery stores, etc., where they are now putting all of their goods behind locked doors with glass that cannot be broken. Because I don't know if you've seen it or not, but if you look out out there, uh, you know, for the videos, you know, again, libs of TikTok is one of them. There's other ones, you know, you can find on Twitter, or whatever. But the point is, the, the, they're riots. 
You know, none, they're, they're, again, Philadelphia, uh, Chicago, San Francisco, those are the top ones, but there's, they're happening everywhere. And so what's happening is they're, they're not just – they're destroying the stores completely, absolutely destroying them. And so what – now, some of them, they're just closing them down. They're so badly destroyed, they're just like – they're just going to bulldoze it and sell it. Uh, several of the Walmarts. In this particular case, I'm looking at a Target store, and they have moved everything behind essentially a type of bulletproof glass, okay, or, you know, some type of, you know, glass that can't be broken, all right, whatever that may be. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right, Big Pharma's chemical castration drugs are creating trans monsters filled with rage and violence. You know, I never really thought about that, but and I and I haven't I I can't confirm it because I'm not a doctor and blah blah blah. But you know what? I wonder if that is a fact. I would like to find out what those drugs are and I would like to look them up and see if they have side effects that cause people to lose it and, you know, go postal kind of thing. Uh because uh this particular individual that is showing off his rifle um yeah, th- th- he, these people there's something well we already know it's demons. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. But it's demons on steroids. This is some scary, creepy stuff. Praise God. But you know, again, we'll have to wait and see where that all leads to. Can't be good. All right, next one up. Military.com. This is right, right off of a military news site. It says, as fears of the chi- of a Chinese invasion grow, lawmakers push for more military training for Taiwan. Okay, now, (laughs) yeah, so, again, you know, there is nothing that this country will stop at to push the other superpowers into World War III. And we see it happening, you know, gangbusters. I mean, it's just, you can't, it's everywhere. Don't even don't even forget about you know Pyongyang, all right, and uh, and uh, and the helter skelter little sister because boy she's getting she's taking the podium a lot more over there and boy she's got those eyes there's something about her helter skelter, okay so I have a feeling when I the more I see of her the more I'm thinking we're not that far away from them attacking us as well, all right next one up. We're about to enter a solar maximum, explains this particular expert. And, uh, you know, it says it's a a larger, a stronger one than in the last 11 years. Uh, So we'll see if that turns into anything interesting. Um, You know, could we have a CME? Could we have an event that is powerful enough to take out some of the satellites? We don't know. I mean, the Carrington event would be enough to take out power grids and stuff. So, uh, you know, the the, the vulnerability of the power grid here in this country is insane. All right, next one up. American Military News reports that the United States is to deploy nuclear submarines to South Korea to deter the North Korean threat. See, now what I want to know is, see, these aren't, see, they say nuclear subs, but it's the propulsion system. It's the propulsion system. I don't see anything to indicate, and I really doubt that they would. The boomers, the real boomers, the ones that have the uh, the nuclear missiles on them, 
they're not going to park them nowhere. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Those things stay underwater. They don't want anyone knowing where those things are at. All right, but, uh, yeah, I can sort of see this would make uh, – <laughs> I'd definitely get get them stirred up. All right, praise God. Next one up. All right, we're at the eight o'clock hour. We want to bring on brother uh, um, brother Benjamin Baruch. Praise Jesus. Uh, and uh, the only other headlines I had here were um, there's now they call it doom scrolling. So remember when I was saying you know I spend time looking at and sometimes it's like too much uh, looking at the uh, end times news on Twitter. Uh, they now they have a name for it. It's called doom scrolling. <laughs> okay, so be careful. Oh, and by the way, the Houston FBI. Uh, there, th- I'm reading this verbatim. This is their public alert. FBI Houston. A large-scale multi-agency nuclear incident training exercise will be taking place May one through five in Southeast Houston and Harris County. The training exercise will not pose a risk to area residents. Please do not be alarmed by training-related activities. Okay, in other words, they're going to drop a whole bunch of paramilitary people with guns and bombs and everything else into your neighborhood. So don't be afraid. It's, you know, just in preparation for, well, maybe it's in preparation for what Brother Benjamin Baruch is going to be speaking with, to it with us uh, uh, about tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring him live. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So I'm looking at the call doc, and I wonder if Brother Benjamin changed his phone number since the last time. I see one that looks close. The area code is right. Um, I don't, uh, Brother Benjamin, if you're in the call queue, can you press one on your phone so that you'll float to the top of the uh, calling dock so I know it's you? Because the two numbers that I have, I have a uh, one that ends in 9835 and one that ends in 4476. Aha! There he is, and it was the one I thought it was. All right, praise God, and let's bring him on live. Hallelujah. Here we go. Okay. There we go. Are you there? Hey, Johnny. Brother Benjamin. Yeah, hey, thank you for uh, pressing that. I Yeah, I didn't have the, uh, I don't have, I, I didn't have that number, so I was like, going, is that the one? I knew the area code was right, but I wasn't sure. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, brother. I'm blessed. Can you hear me okay? Praise God. You sound fabulous. I mean, like you're right next door. Really good. Okay, good. Awesome. Awesome. Right on. Well, yeah, I caught a little bit of your news summary. Isn't it amazing how everything is coming to pass right before our eyes? It, it, it's, um, it's astonishing, and it's, uh, it's global. I mean, it's every – I mean, this, we, we're in – there is we, – we, this country <laughs> – is not leaving any stones unturned. If we can find someone to antagonize, especially if they have nuclear weapons, 
<laughs> we're like antagonizing him like crazy. Oh my gosh! So it's like, oh, yeah, something's gonna break. Well, the ten kings that will rule with the beast for one hour, they have one purpose in their heart, which is they want to destroy the daughter of Babylon because she stands in the way of their one world government. And and you know, after having stripped her naked exposing her lewdness to the world after having eaten her flesh, robbed her treasury, pushed her, pushed her citizens into poverty to a great extent. Now they intend to burn her with fire. And that fire's not far off, is it, Johnny? Sure doesn't look like it. <laughs> it no, sure doesn't look like it. So, you know, you, so where, you, where you heard you about that. You wanted... Oh, I hate it sky's the limit take your pick where you know cuz this this is uh almost like i mean it's a, it, it, this could be this is a big big subject i mean you know what i'm saying and it's and it's global we're talking about you know poking the bear we they're moving you know i don't I, i'm pretty sure you're aware of this but they just attacked a major oil depot in crimea which is a direct attack against the russian federation they're uh talking about sending some of those uh dr- you know uh very very powerful um what do they call them kamikaze drones or whatever that they're buying from iran they're talking about sending them into moscow now so the, the you know they're not you know we are going this country and the nato entities are going above and beyond they're doing everything they can to push to shove this into a full-blown world war then you've got the military exercises that are happening over in taiwan i mean that's just totally antagonizing china to i mean it's pushing them to the limit, we just uh, had an, and you heard the report about uh, us putting a couple of nuclear subs right on the coast of, you know, North and South Korea. So we're, every hot spot in the world, and of course, each one of them has nuclear. It's, it's the nuclear hot spots, and we're we're there. We're like right in their face, doing everything that they're warning us not to do. And so what, I mean, I can't really see how it, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, what is your take on this? What are your feelings about the timeline and how do you think they're going to push? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. I mean, I see the news, but I don't really know, you know, what, what are your thoughts about the timeline? Well, that's an interesting question, and we're going to get into that and more for sure tonight. And my opinion, based on, you know, number one, let's let's look big picture. Uh, I um, I produced a report at the end of 2022, um, which I entitled "The World at the End of 2022," and in it, I address sort of the big picture issues, you know, starting with the financial issues facing the United States, which is you know, our country is in a basically a position of bankruptcy. Now that we've sanctioned the world, uh, over half of the nations are, are moving away from the dollar. You know, we can't pay even interest on our $30 trillion debt. You know, the, the debt has exploded. It was $10 trillion when Obama took office. You know, over the next eight years, it doubled to basically $20 trillion. Trump added $8 more trillion during his four years. 
uh, the, actually the highest deficits of any president, adding over $2 trillion per year. And then Biden, in his first two years, is, has added another uh, basically $4 trillion to the deficit, which is now in excess of $31 trillion. At, at even modest interest rates, Johnny, 5%, the interest carry on the debt would be $1.5 trillion in round numbers. Today, given the fact that most of our outstanding debt was issued with the zero interest rates that the Federal Reserve engineered in order to create the controlled demolition of the Western economies, which, by the way, is now in process, but our debt service in existing debt is about $500 billion. So that would add a trillion dollars to the deficit. And, you know, I don't know if all of our listeners understand how the trade deficit which is approximately seven or eight hundred billion a year, has actually helped finance the federal budget deficit, as our trading partners, all the export nations of the world, recirculated the dollars that we exported through their central banks back into U.S. securities, and so the foreign central banks bought the federal bonds, the deficit bonds that were issued. So we got a free lunch. We, we paid for our trade deficit by printing money. That printed money accumulated in central banks. They turned around and, and they literally reinvested that cash in the U.S. federal bond market, financing the federal deficit at no net interest impact. You know, in America, as the as end-time Babylon, the daughter of Babylon before the before the reign of the Antichrist and the final one world government, which will be the seventh and final kingdom of Babylon to rule the earth. We're merely the, the reigning superpower, the economic superpower, the wealthiest nation in the world that has now basically mortgaged its future and turned into essentially a bankrupt debtor nation. We've now, through our sanctions, basically isolated half of our trading partners who are now worried uh, about holding their foreign exchange reserves in U.S. cash or U.S. debt. So, you know, it's like they've lit the fuse to an economic implosion. But I think they did that on purpose, knowing the timing of World War III, you know, before the country will go bankrupt because of the, the abandonment of the dollar and the fact that inflation is going to accelerate to the point um, where in order to kill inflation, they have to kill the economy. You know, it's sort of like when you, when you get cancer and they give you chemotherapy, you know, the, well, we're going to kill the cancer. You know, you probably won't live much longer either, but we guarantee you we can kill the cancer. Well, the Fed can kill the inflation by killing the economy, by raising rates and tightening credit to the point where demand is destroyed. And this is what the money center banks have done, Johnny. You know, you go back and you look at the history of the last... Well, at this point, about 600 years, you'll find that every 70 or 80 years, there's this massive financial collapse that occurs. And it's almost always deflationary because if the banks actually uh, permitted a hyperinflationary ending, uh, what would be destroyed is the value of the currency and along with it, the value of all the assets owned by the banks. So the uh, middle class debtors would be the winners. You know, they would end up with all of their leveraged assets worth hundreds of times more than the, than the borrowing obligations. 
currently outstanding. You know, the bankers know this. That's why, you know, they, they get everybody convinced that inflation is going to continue to accelerate. So everybody positions for future inflation, and then they simply cut credit. They, they strangle the economy of its cash flow, and they raise interest rates, making it, you know, uneconomic to continue to borrow, and, and it literally crashes the system. The value of all the assets collapses. You know, so on paper, you know, the, the, the country has literally lost, you know, massive amounts of its wealth, its paper wealth. But the bankers are now in position to basically foreclose everything. So, you know, they run the board, they take all the chips off the table, and the nominal value of those chips is meaningless. They now own 100% of everything. And that's the great reset where you'll own nothing and be happy you're still alive. Uh, but God's going to intervene, and he's going to intervene in, in literally in the Battle of Ezekiel 38, which is World War III, which is nigh upon us. But, you know, one of the fundamentals is this financial house of cards is collapsing right before our eyes. Why is, the, is it collapsing? And, you know, and could the Fed save the day? Well, n no, not really, because we're past the point of no return. And, you know, higher interest rates are going to bankrupt the housing industry. They're going to bankrupt commercial real estate's already collapsing. You know, real estate development is basically dead in the water. Further interest rate hikes will wipe out the bond market, continue to collapse the banking system. I mean, you know, it's over. The dog and pony show is over. You know, as Warren Buffett once said, give me a trillion dollars and I'll show you a good time. Well, I hope you enjoyed yourself, but that party's over. And there's a number of fundamental reasons why the party has ended. You know, the fact that we have this, um, you know, what would you call the events of the last three years? You know, the accidental release of a bat virus that just, you know, somehow flew into somebody's soup bowl or, you know, this bioweapon that was engineered by U.S. taxpayer dollars in a communist Chinese lab. You know, why is the United States financing bioweapon research in communist China? Anybody ask that question? No, nope, no, they're still trying to give you the, well, it was an accidental release that occurred exactly at the right time to stop the Hong Kong protests and to stop the hemorrhaging of cash flow in China, force all of the Chinese foreign exchange students to return back to the country, stop the, the outflow of cash through basically tourism, where wealthy Chinese were spending tons of money overseas. That all ended, and, and a lockdown was imposed for health reasons that allowed the CCP to go door to door and arrest all the dissidents. You know, what a convenient accident occurred in 2019. You know, it's amazing, Johnny. 2019 was the 666 year anniversary of the Black Plague, which ended in 1353. Oh, and by the way, the Black Plague came to the world vis a vis the Black Sea, and it actually came ashore on the shores of Crimea. The Crimean Peninsula, which, by the way, is the epicenter of the world's current crisis. And so, you know, the irony of all yes. of this, but it's just crazy. You know, back to um, some of the other fundamentals. You know, we've got the world, well, the deceived democracies in the West, the slave nations, they're all marching towards this green energy future, which is really a race of lemmings towards a cliff. 
because there's no way the current economic system can be transitioned to operate on solar and wind power. <laughs> it's laughable, you know, that they're going to mandate a conversion to electric power when the electric grid itself has received a D-plus grade from the American Society of Civil Engineers. You know, this electric grid that's suddenly going to now deal with this huge increase in aggregate demand because everybody's going to be buying electric cars in the next five to ten years. This grid was actually built, you know, with a 50-year life, and much of it was constructed in the 1950s. Some of the grid actually predates the 20th century. So, you know, the, the current electric grid is in serious need of upgrade and repair. Nobody's talking about that because this entire renewable energy conversion is nothing more than a big smoke screen, you know, to give the liberals this, you know, the facade that, you know, we're somehow going to deal with all of these climate change problems by you buying a battery powered car. But, you know, it's, it's absurd. I have solar power. I, so I understand how solar works. And when there's no sun, guess what happened? It don't work. I have wind power. I actually took it down because it's so inconsistent. You know, and when there's no wind and there's no sun, there's no green energy, folks. And, you know, apparently nobody bothered to tell the United Kingdom the small detail about green conversion um, or the fact that when there are Arctic cold fronts that occur occasionally and this huge Arctic cold comes down, um, creating record energy demand at the same time, there's no wind and, and, and there can also be no sun from clouds. And so green energy is a joke. You know, it, it's, you have to ask yourself, are the world's leaders really this stupid? And I suppose some of the talking heads on TV probably are this stupid, but you know, when you, when you get past the, the, the mannequins, right, and the, these voices that are just being used to, to deceive us, um, there's no way the world has even enough you know, rare earth minerals to do a conversion to green energy. So that's all a big fooled you. You know, shame on you. Meanwhile, conventional energy drove the economy. We're now at peak energy production, Johnny, and I won't get into the details, but the world is nothing more than a bunch of uh, countries dependent on oil and natural gas. And every oil well goes through a process called depletion. Uh, every oil field experiences depletion. And at the end of the day, every producing country experiences an aggregate depletion curve based on the aggregate production history of all of its oil fields. The United States hit peak oil for, for production in the United, the lower 48 states back in 1970. Now, we had a little bit of a bubble from the oil discovery in, in you know, the fracking mania that went on over the last two to three years. But, but all those wells that were recently produced that were supposedly going to turn the U.S. into this great um, exporter of energy – They've all depleted. Those the wells in in the Bakken reserve deplete over two to three years. We've basically drilled all the easy wells. All that's left is the expensive uh, residual properties, and you know these shale wells are tapped out. The crazy thing is the financial results, when the final accounting is done, will show that the shale oil industry um, 
where first-year depletion can actually exceed 45%, destroyed $250 billion of investor capital, providing a brief boost to domestic oil production, but they didn't even generate a profit. We lost money producing all of that oil. And so we're, we're at a point of peak energy. We're at a point of financial collapse that's now in motion. At the same time, China, their economy is debt-based. It's beginning to implode. You know, the median home price in China is 36 times the average income, contrasted with the U.S., where home prices are six times median income. You know, the banks in China are four times over leveraged. Their problems are not going away. You know, China is hemorrhaging. Uh, Kyle Bass, a famous hedge fund manager, uh, quoted it. And this was, well, towards the first part of uh, 2023 in an interview that he gave. gave he, he basically said China will never reopen again. Xi Jinping's focus is internal. He's battening down the hatches. It's a setup for war. He's installed a war cabinet, and it's game time. It's as clear as day what is about to happen. This is about to go horribly wrong. There's not going to be some opening Wall Street bounce and some feel-good moment on the other side of this crisis. The writing's on the wall. China is preparing for war. And his comment is there's no doubt he moves on Taiwan. Um, I would debate that argument. I actually think Taiwan is a diversion and that China is actually preparing for war against a much larger and more valuable prize, after which the CCP expects Taiwan to simply surrender. You know, and then um, other experts on Wall Street just pointing to the fact that, you know, the, the system's done. You know, that you can't keep reflating it. We can't kick the can any longer. And, and the fact that the global dollar-based financial system has fractured is the evidence that, that it's over. You know? Now, it'll take a few years to unwind unless we get interrupted first by World War III. And, and China is, in fact, preparing for war. One of the early signs of the impending hostility with China is the propaganda narrative shift that began in the country over the last couple years. And you know, what they've done is essentially rewrite history of the textbooks inside China. And what they now are basically teaching their youth is that China needs to respond to a century of humiliation. Never forget national humiliation. They're telling the Chinese people that they have been humiliated by the West. They've been humiliated by the European colonial powers. And they've been humiliated by the United States. And it is now payback time. And, you know, at the same time that China is, is creating the propaganda, preparing their population for war with the West, Russia as well began to pivot their propaganda in 2017, painting the U.S. and NATO as enemies that were surrounding Russia with new military bases with an ultimate goal to destroy and dismember the nation itself. And, you know, the Western nations today paint Ukraine as a shining example of democracy you know, this war that is now being waged between the U.S., NATO, with Ukrainian soldiers doing most of the dying, although there's clear evidence that both U.S. and, and NATO military officers have been in-country, engaged in targeting and intelligence operations, and they've been killed in action as well. So there's no question that uh, the NATO powers are directly involved in this war that's 
that's being sold to the American public as a proxy war, but in fact is really just the beginning of World War III. And yet we're told Ukraine is this bastion of democracy and we've got to protect you know, Ukraine, which, by the way, was part of Russia 100 years ago. It's been part of Russia for several hundred years. Gorbachev, or pardon me, uh, Khrushchev, actually gave Ukraine independence as a, an, as a state, but it was still part of the Soviet Union when it, when it was granted a separate nation status, if you will. Uh, it would be like us agreeing that California can be a state as part of the United States. Russians have always viewed Ukraine as part of their own country. And yet here we are, betting all of our chips on, on this bastion of democracy and freedom. Yet Ernst & Young rated, in, rated Ukraine one of the three most corrupt nations in the world, alongside Colombia and Brazil. Ukraine is the European center for sex slave trafficking, money laundering, and illegal bioweapons research. The Guardian called Ukraine the most corrupt country in Europe next to Russia. Yet today, in the U.S. and in the Western press, Ukraine has been repackaged as this stalwart ally that is a bastion of freedom. This is nothing short of absurd and pathetic. And intel sources inside Ukraine report up to 70% of the NATO weapons being delivered are being resold in the black market. Many to our enemies, while billions in cash profits are being skimmed off the top and accumulate in the Swiss bank accounts of the corrupt Ukrainian and, and even some U.S. officials. The truth is often hard to believe, especially when the majority of people continue to faithfully believe their own nation's propaganda. But the uncomfortable truth is obvious. The United States and NATO are being gradually disarmed by this continued transfer of munitions to Ukraine we may find ourselves incapable of mounting a defense. So we've got this war brewing across, as you mentioned, Johnny, it's multiple fronts. And I had a chance to, um, to interview Dr. Peter Vincent Pry in May of um, 2022, which was a few months before he died. And um, Dr. Pry was was a voice of, of warning. It was in, Dr. Pry was a defense and an intelligence uh, expert throughout much of his career. He was a, a CIA analyst for about 25 years. He became a, a standing member of a number of uh, congressional committees on defense and intelligence matters. And he was somebody who, who could see past the propaganda. And, you know, Dr. Pry basically said, maybe it's not true that Russia wanted to quickly conquer Ukraine. You know, they're certainly capable of a blitzkrieg-type war. Look how quickly they took Crimea in 2014. That was over in a day. You know, he said, maybe the Russians are using the same model that Hitler used in the Spanish Civil War, where they are intentionally bloodying their troops, rotating Russian combat troops into the fight in Ukraine for three to six weeks, so they all have real combat experience before Putin's ready to unleash the Russian military in World War III. It's exactly what Hitler did with the Spanish Civil War in the 1930s. He rotated the German army and the SS divisions, sending them to fight in the Spanish Civil War for between six to eight weeks. You know, because it takes about six weeks 
to calm down in a combat zone where you're getting shot at with real bullets. I mean, the first few days you show up in that kind of a environment, people are generally a little freaked out. And it takes a while for people to calm down and realize, yes, you could get killed here. That's the whole purpose of what's going on. Uh, but worrying about it and getting nervous are not going to make you any safer. So you just need to put the fear out of your mind, calm down, and do your job. Well, it could be that the Russians are simply giving their troops the combat experience they're going to need before they go up against essentially the enemy in World War III. And he also thought that perhaps the Russians were using a strategy which Napoleon played in a battle known as the Battle of Austerlitz in 1805, in which Napoleon pretended to be losing at first. And he was vastly outnumbered, but he, he literally uh, created an advantage in terms of the battlefield position by feigning weakness. You know, he even sent defectors to report that the French army was overextended, the supply lines collapsing, the troops exhausted, morale was very low. He had entire regiments run away from the enemy so that the enemies would be convinced they could just boldly attack, and it worked. And when they made their final advance, he dropped the hammer on them, and he destroyed the combined forces that outnumbered him three to one. It was a pathetic end for the Russian army who tried to retreat across a frozen lake only to have French cannon fire break up the ice and they all drowned. And Pry thought, well, maybe Ukraine is simply a replay. And the Russians want to lure us in. They haven't committed but a small fraction of their forces. The Air Force has hardly played a role. They have 20,000 tanks they haven't committed. They haven't mobilized their 2 million man army. They're basically fighting Ukraine with one hand behind their back. Maybe this whole war is not even about Ukraine, but rather to use Ukraine as a lure to bring NATO forces into a direct confrontation with Russia so they can then destroy us, achieving a final solution to the problem of the United States and of NATO. And you know, the Russian intelligence agencies, Johnny, they learned a lot from World War II. They concluded that the Japanese lost the war on, on December 7, 1941, because the Japanese in an un provoked attack on Hawaii basically turned world opinion against them. You know, the Russians are smart enough to realize that if you're going to win World War III, you better be perceived as the good guys on the other side of the war, or the whole world will oppose you. And how long can you be the reigning superpower if you can't sell yourself as the good guys? We're a force for democracy, a force for good, right? You got to be the rider on the white horse who's here to save humanity from the evils of, well, you know, what does Russia claim? They're, they're defending God and country. They're defending the family. They're defending Christianity. Now, I don't believe for a minute that the communist leadership of Russia is anything other than the communist leadership of Russia, but they're winning the propaganda game worldwide because the United States is standing for, I mean, what do we stand for? Bud Light, Right. Transgender mutilation of children, drag queen story hour, perversion, I mean, censorship, what, what do we stand for? We don't stand at all. Divided we fall. So we're losing the propaganda war, and, um, and we're about to lose the actual third world war. 
you know, probably went on to say the U.S. Army couldn't defeat the Taliban a year ago. Now we are trying to challenge the Russians, who have a 10 to 1 advantage in tactical nuclear weapons. You know, he says, the truth of the matter is we didn't train the Ukrainian army. The Russians did. It's like one part of the Russian army is fighting another part. The U.S. has not won a major war in a long time. And we haven't fought a serious contender since 1940. Yeah, he said, the closer we are to a nuclear war, the closer we are to an EMP-type attack in which a combined arms attack will take out a significant portion of our electric grid. We are completely vulnerable. China, Iran, North Korea are also involved in a larger strategy against us. Iran is going to open up a second front in the Middle East. North Korea will open a third, and China will open a fourth. And he basically said, you know, what we're doing in Ukraine is crazy. And then I asked this question. I said, Dr. Pry, let me ask you one final question. Our enemies have hacked our Internet systems, and, and they've hacked us. I mean, the, our electric grid gets 100,000 hacks a day, and it's been going on for decades. They're inside all of our critical infrastructure. They can shut down our pipelines. They can shut down our power grid. And if they shut down our grid, they, can we do the same to them? Can we, can we turn off the power inside Russia? And Price said, no, I, I don't think we can because the Russians have hardened their infrastructure against both EMP and cyber attacks. It's no accident Russia continues to use retrograde technology in their critical systems and have these systems physically isolated. What did it take a genius to figure out you probably shouldn't put critical infrastructure on the internet? Maybe a dedicated independent system might be sufficient. Why does our electric utility company need to surf the web anyway other than to leave it, leave it wide open for attack? But he went on and he said it's it's also no accident. Russia is the world's largest manufacturer of vacuum tube electronics. It's not because Russia is backwards. They have microelectronics that is as good as ours. And they use them when appropriate for efficiency. But vacuum tube electronics are a million times less vulnerable in an EMP war. We've never retaliated following a cyber attack from Russia or China because we really can't hit back. And so then I said, so Dr. Pry, basically the United States has been giving our lunch money to the Russians, in, in other words, for years? And he said, yeah, basically. It's like we've been giving them our lunch money already, kids. This is a charade that's playing out. Our entire defense posture is based on the mutually assured destruction theory of the 1950s. Isn't that great? The United States is using a political theory, a military theory from the 1950s that basically said as long as we can assure we can destroy Russia, then we will be safe. Except for the theory is no longer valid. Technology has changed in the last 70 years. And I, I won't go through the details, but you know, Dr. Pry used to say, I wake up in the morning and I wonder why we're still here. Because... The attack on the United States that's coming is going to appear out of nowhere. It'll be over in an hour. And, you know, if we get any of our boomers out of those submarines or we get any of our land-based ICBMs in the air, the Russians have advanced ABM systems, the S-400, the S-500, that are anti-ballistic missiles that are designed to intercept 
our incoming missiles in outer space, and then they detonate an EMP warhead that basically fries the electronics, and, and our stuff just drops harmlessly out of the sky. So, you know, we have been betrayed. We've been conquered in a secret coup d'etat. A war is already underway against the American people, and 50% of them can't even figure it out. Red Dawn is not really a movie anymore. It's playing out right before our eyes. So, you know, let's talk about the timing a little bit. And then let's talk about what we, the people of God, can do about it. Because listen, the day of vengeance is in my heart, says the prophet of God, says the Holy Spirit. And the year of my redeemed has come. So this year of judgment, if it is this year, will also be the year of redemption for the people of God. You know, it's not our kingdom that's being destroyed. Our kingdom is coming when the Lord comes. And it shall last forever. You know, we're just sojourners here. And, and candidly, it has gotten so bad. I mean, Lot was vexed daily by what he had to observe and witness in Sodom and Gomorrah. I would posit the theory that this is worse. I think what's happening here is worse. But let's get to some of the insights from the scriptures. And, you know, I think... Everybody knows that, that Jesus said that no man knows the day or the hour of the Lord's return, not even him, only the Father in heaven. And so, you know, a lot of people are pretty sloppy in their scholarship. You know, they really don't think things through critically. They just sort of broad brush everything. And, and as a result, they make a lot of mistakes. You know, the fact that no man knows the day or the hour doesn't mean we won't know anything. Jesus told us to watch, and there was a reason why he said for us to watch, because we would discern the times. And the scriptures are even clear as to the judgment of America Babylon. If you read in Jeremiah 50, verse 44, the scriptures ask the question, who will discern or appoint the timing for the fall of America Babylon? And it doesn't say who will prophesy it correctly. It doesn't say to whom will it be revealed by the Holy Spirit. It literally says... Who will point it? Who will discern it? Who will study the scriptures to see what the scriptures have already revealed regarding the destiny and the fate of the once great United States? That today is great in only things of darkness. Well, the starting point for our inquiry, hallelujah, is the most important parable of all, which is the parable of the fig tree, which Jesus taught, recorded in scripture. And in the context... Um, of the parable of the fig tree is Matthew 24. And you guys who are students of Bible prophecy, you know Matthew 24 is really the discourse in which the Lord addresses the, the question of his disciples. And, and they came to him and, and they wanted him to explain to them the signs that would accompany the end of the age. Tell us, they said, when will these things be? When will the temple be destroyed? And when, when will be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And the Lord's answer in Matthew 24, verse 4 was, Take heed that no man deceive you. 
every warning of the Lord is actually prophecy. The Lord is telling us at the end of the age, deception at an unparalleled level will cover the earth. And as hard as it may be to perceive, much of the church itself would be deceived at the end. And many would come in my name saying, I am the Christ, I'm anointed, and shall deceive many. And so, you know, we've got false prophets, we have a false anointing, we've got the ministry of death, we've got false churches, and they abound. We've got the wars and the rumors of wars and all the other signs. And many false prophets shall arise. You know, notice that at no point did Jesus ever tell us there'd be many true prophets that would come. No, the, the vast majority of the so-called prophetic movement would be false. Really, it's a pathetic movement of false prophets who see nothing and who know nothing. And yet they shall deceive the many. Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will also wax cold. And so a great apostasy, a great falling away will come. But he that endures into the end, the same shall be saved. You say, we have good news. You, you still have a chance to endure to the end. So you too can be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. And when you see the abomination of desolation, the prophet Daniel spoke of it. And we'll get into Daniel in a bit. And the Lord goes on and and. He basically says in, in verse 32, now learn a parable. Now go and study a parable, the parable of the fig tree. Now, scripture records 40 parables that Jesus taught. This is the only one he assigned as homework. And yet, true to form, most of us didn't pay attention, and most of us didn't study the parable very carefully. But we're going to get into it now. Learn the parable of the fig tree. When the branch is yet tender and puts forth its leaves, you know summer's nigh. You know, well, I've got leaves coming forth out of all my trees. And I can tell you summer is going to be here soon. Likewise, when you see all these things, everything that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, know that it is near, even at the door. So the Lord is standing at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour no man knows. Not the angels in heaven, but only my Father. Okay, so we're not going to know the day or the hour, but we were, turned, we were literally taught to study the parable of the fig tree. And, and to know that, that the final generation would not pass away until everything was fulfilled. So you know, what, what is the fig tree? Well, the answer is, it's the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Israel's the fig tree. You can search that out for yourselves. And the rebirth of the state of Israel in 1948 was the sign that, you know, we are now entering the last days. And the events of Bible prophecy are now coming forth upon the earth. And so, knowing that the fig tree is Israel, in order to interpret this parable, which we were commanded to study as homework, we're left with one final question. Well, what's the generation? What's the, the life of the generation that would see these things? This generation that sees all these things. Well, all of the things includes the birth of the fig tree. And so, you know, we could look to Psalm 90, where we're told, you know, the a generation is 70 years, and if by strength it shall be 80. 
well, if, if 80 was the life of the generation, then if we add 80 years to 1948, we get to 2028. And, and uh, we know from Ezekiel 38 and 39 that World War III, which is the attack on Israel and the United States, is outlined in Ezekiel 38. The United States is referenced in verse 10. And at the same time, they're going to attack another country without any walls, without any defense, you know, people that have great wealth, a nation of immigrants that dwell safely without any walls. Well, we know that that attack takes place seven years before the end of the age because they burn the, the weapons for seven years. So if 2028 was the end of the age, and I, I'm not telling you the day or the hour, I'm just reasoning through the, the length of the generation, then the final world war would have started in 2021, seven years earlier. Now, a very good case can be made a world war against humanity did begin in 2021 with a mandated bioweapon attack on the population. Um, but that's a subject for another day. And, you know, that may have been the beginning of the war, but the, the actual completion of the war involves basically atomic warfare occurring after which Israel will cleanse the land for seven years. And we certainly have not seen World War III in terms of a a nuclear exchange, nor have we seen the destruction of the daughter of Babylon, which is prophesied to occur as part of that war. So 2028 can't be the, the year of the end of the age. And so, you know, we're left with a conundrum. Well, what's the insight? What's the answer to these things? Johnny, in, in early 2023, maybe it was like January 2nd or 3rd, I was just reflecting on this parable and I, and I thought, wait a minute. Jesus said the generation that sees these things shall, wouldn't pass away. What, what, what generation is that? Uh, it's the generation that's alive right now that is seeing these things. And it's also the generation that was alive in 1948 that saw the fig tree come back to life, saw the rebirth of the state of Israel. It's that generation. Well, that's interesting. And Jesus was referring to the people that saw Israel reborn. Now, if you were living in the United States, you could have read about it on the newspaper, right? But if you were in Israel itself, you would have seen it with your own eyes. You would have experienced it. So could the parable be pointing to the life expectancy of the generation of people living in Israel right now? Well, I thought, well, that's an interesting question. I went and I looked it up, Johnny, and... And the life expectancy, the average life expectancy in Israel today is 82.7 years. If we add 82.7 years to 1948, we get 2030. Now, if you start with May 14 and you add the 0.7, you end up in January of 2031. But we know that the return of the Lord comes during the fall feast days. And so the generation alive today, their life expectancy would extend beyond the time for the return of the Lord. So could it be that, that the 82.7 year life expectancy is the key to the parable and the Lord's coming back in 2030? And I have not told you the day or the hour, so don't pick up any rocks. Nor am I prophesying this. I'm, I'm discerning. I'm studying scripture. And I'm, I'm sharing with you my insights. And so I thought, well, you know, that's really fascinating. Um, what a convenient year, 2030, right? 
And so then I, I literally, I prayed because we know in Psalm 49 that, that King David, you know, he wrote, my mouth will speak of wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to a parable. I'll open this, a dark saying upon the harp. Why should I fear the days of evil when the iniquity of my heels will compass me about? Well, that's what's coming is the days of evil. But why should we fear if we have the relationship with the Lord that David had? So from Psalm 49, and that's verses 3 through 5, we know that a key to a parable will be hidden in the Psalms. Well, which parable? Well, I would suggest it's the parable of the fig tree. So, okay, what psalm is the key to the parable? Well, you know, I used to think maybe Psalm 90 gave us the key, which was written by Moses and had the definition of 70 years, of the average life, and 80th by strength, after which we're cut off and we fly away. But now we have a, a, a different answer, 82.7. So I prayed about it. I said, Lord, is there a key in the Psalms that would confirm that 82.7 is the correct answer? Well, Johnny, guess what I got in prayer? Go look at Psalm 82, verse 7. And astonishingly, Psalm 82 deals with the generation at the end of the age in Israel. I'll read the whole psalm to you. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. Boy, you know, is that going on today? I don't, it's, it's pretty rare if it is. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Doesn't that sound like today? The foundations of the earth are out of course. Jesus quoted the next verse, Psalm 82, verse 6. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. Well, which nation considers themselves the children of the Most High? Well, that, that would be Israel. And look at verse 7. But you shall die like men. And fall like one of the princes. How do men die? Based on life expectancy. So here in Psalm 82, verse 7, we have a direct quote that references the final generation. Verse 8 says, Arise, O God, and judge the earth, for you shall now inherit all nations. This is the judgment at the end of the age. In verse 7, the scripture testifies the final generation of Israel will die like men. And the psalm Reference of 82 verse 7 is exactly their life expectancy, and it is the exact key to the parable of the fig tree. Now, you know, the scripture tells us every word of wisdom will be confirmed by, you know, two or more confirmations. Well, okay, are there any other confirmations that would confirm this, aside from Psalm 82 verse 7? Well, how about the prophecy in Hosea 6? You know, come and let us return to the Lord, for he's torn us, and he will heal us. He has smitten us, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. And in the second Peter chapter 3, verse 8, we're told, Beloved, be not ignorant. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So when did Jesus die? Well, the year 30 A.D. 
And then there was a, a witness of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem for 40 years. And then the Romans came and destroyed the temple and the nation, and Israel was dispersed. Well, if a day is a thousand years to the Lord, after two days, the Lord is going to revive us, add 2,000 years to the year 30, and what do you get? 2030. Okay, well, that's interesting. How about this one, Johnny? Well, we know that ancient Babylon was destroyed in the year 539 B.C., right? And that historical date is is, uh, something that is uh, in pretty much agreement among all the scholars and we even know the day which was october 12th which is by the way columbus day so 539 bc on what would become columbus day ancient babylon was destroyed and we know that columbus discovered the new world that would be called america which is actually um it's not a godly name it's the name of the enemy of god but the land of america would be discovered in 1492 John, if we add those two dates together, 539 B.C. and 1492, you get 2030 again. Isn't that odd? The time period between the fall of ancient Babylon and, and the discovery of the new world that would become end-time Babylon is exactly 2030. And it's just stranger than can be. Um, you know, there's also a, a, another dimension to this, and this has to do with the, the plans of the enemy, who has been engaged in a massive ritual um, in which they are destroying the current world order, and in which they are planning to raise the capstone of the pyramid, which is the model of the one world order under the rule of Lucifer, and it involves... The number 33 was the 33rd degree representing the capstone itself. And it also involves the mystical number of 11. And you, you may recall World War I ended on November 11th, 28, or pardon me, 1918, precisely 11 a.m., 11, 11, 11. And... And it was those 11s that are actually part of the ritual for the coming reign of the Antichrist. World War I began in 1914, and 110 years later, World War III will be over in 2024. And again, the 110 is in another symbolism of 11. But this, this ritual involved the reign of the satanic deep state over end-time Babylon, which began in the year 1950. You guys can search that out. Go to my website, benjaminbrook.net, and read the page on America Babylon, and it'll explain to you why you know, there's strong evidence to conclude 1950 was the first complete year of, of the Chaldean sorcerer's rule over the United States. And, and of course, you know, the Cold War began, and, and, um, and all the other evil of the modern times really began to unfold in 1950. Forty years later was was 1990 and then they began a 33 year ritual to raise the capstone of of their mythical temple of apollyon and 
And th- this ritual began on September 11, 9-11. And, and why would they choose 9-11? Well, 9 is the mystic number of iniquity. 11 is the mystic number of judgment. But it also represents 1 and 1 is 2, which is wisdom. And 9 degrees equals 2 degrees is the mystical mathematics of the top of the Kabbalistic model of the universe. It represents the, the sides of the capstone. 9 degrees equals 2, and 2 degrees equals 9. So 9-11 is is a symbolic key of the mathematics of the capstone itself. And so on 9-11 in 1990, the ritual began, and the first 11-year sequence started. And the number 11 represents the first of the two pillars of the Temple of Apollyon, which is being raised mystically through their witchcraft. And, And it also represents... Unveiling what is hidden in the darkness. So on September 11th, 1990, on the eve of the first Iraqi war, old George Bush Sr. proclaimed on national television, global television, the dawn of a new world order of the nations. And in a separate address in America, he stated, now we can see, coming into view, a new world order of the nations. The second 11-year sequence occurred 11 years later to the day, 9-11-2001. And now the second 11, rep- together they represent the number 22, which is the beginning of the action. And on September 11, 2001, Flight 11 crashed into the Twin Towers, themselves constructed to represent a symbolic 11. And with the destruction of the Twin Towers, it initiated the beginning of the conquest. But by the destabilization and destruction of the current world order, which was precipitated by the, the planned attack on the United States using airplanes from United and American Airlines. Two planes from each airline representing together two 11s or the number 22. And so the second 11-year phase of the ritual began with the destruction of the Twin Towers in which the sacrifice of approximately 3,000 souls would mark the beginning of the action. The unseen rulers of this fallen world would now begin to move to destroy the existing world order. First, by destabilizing the Middle East, creating the chaos out of which a new world order would one day rise as a phoenix from the ashes. The third step would occur over a final 11-year period appointed for the completion of the task. The third and final 11-year phase would begin on 9-11-2012. 100 days later, the solar system would pass through the galactic median which was the end point of the Mayan calendar, and our world would cross over into the new age. The final 11-year period will end with the placement of the capstone, the all-seeing eye of Lucifer, with the great work scheduled to be completed by September 11, 2023. World War III will occur within the following 33 days, the end of which is marked by an annular solar eclipse over the United States, which is going to occur on October 14, 2023. Thus, the great work will be completed within 33 years and 33 days. And the eclipse on October 14 crosses the U.S. from left to right, from Oregon to the coast of Texas, exiting the nation at high noon over the city of Corpus Christi, named after the cross, marking the end for America. That same eclipse will then cross into Central America and will exit Brazil later that day, again, blacking out the the light of the sun over a city named after the cross in the nation of Brazil. A subsequent total eclipse will complete the X 
pattern crossed out over America on April 8th, 2024, which begins in Maine with the final eclipse darkening the sky over Dallas, Texas, before entering, exiting the country. Ancient Babylon was destroyed, as I mentioned, 539. 2,030 years later, Columbus would discover the new world. It's a fascinating piece of trivia that, you know, 2030 is implied by both of those dates. Now, could this, you know, could my inference, could my, could these coincidences just all be wrong? And, and could we potentially have more time? Sure, but yeah, why not? It, it, it's certainly reasonable to conclude. But yet, they're crowning the Antichrist momentarily. I think some of you know what I'm talking about. The scripture calls him the destroyer of the Gentiles. Well, the, the ceremony of coronation actually doesn't make the Antichrist king. What it represents is the people accepting him as their Lord God, their Lord ruler. You know, and Jesus told the people, he said, I've come in my father's name and, and you would not receive me. Another shall come in his own name, and him you will receive. Well, that's what the coronation is all about. The people of the earth are receiving their new king who will be sold to them as a Messiah. He's also the destroyer of the Gentiles. He's going to get rather busy in the second half of this year. The destruction of American World War III was planned long ago as the opening ceremony for the dawn of the new age. Even as the ritual sacrifice of September 11th costs cost 3,000 American lives. So World War III is intended to require 300 million. Following the war, which is the ride of the red horse, the black horse will immediately begin bringing famine, death, and disease to the world and the loss of another 2 billion souls. The one world government of the Antichrist will rise from the ashes in the months following the war as the surviving remnant in America begins a second exodus to the wilderness of Zion where they'll be hidden from the face of the red dragon and his beast. There's a book entitled Kill King 33 Degrees that's on the internet. It explains the satanic symbolism surrounding the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. And I quote the following from this book. When the ancients saw a scapegoat, they could at least recognize him for what he was, a human sacrifice. But when modern man sees a scapegoat, we do not, or we refuse to recognize him for what he is. Instead, we look for scientific explanations to explain away the obvious. Israel signed the Oslo Peace Accord on September 13, 1993, which was Rosh Hashanah, exactly 30 years ago this year. It was confirmed, it was witnessed by three thousand witnesses who gathered together on the White House lawn. 3,000 is the covenant number of God. The news that night would report to the nation today exactly 3,000 witnesses gathered together on the White House lawn for the first time in history to observe the signing of the most historic peace treaty in the history of mankind. For today, after nearly 4,000 years of conflict, the descendants of Isaac and Ishmael have made peace. Yitzhak Rabim who signed the treaty on behalf of Israel, was assassinated shortly thereafter. At his funeral, the G7 leaders all sat in the first row, 
with the Antichrist sitting in the seventh seat. They all pledged their support that day to uphold the Treaty of Rabim, which had now literally become a covenant with death. As the terrorist bombs began to explode in Jerusalem the following year, Bus 18 was hit twice. In one of the bombings, it ignited the petrol tanks, and the Israeli people saw in the evening news the, vi- the film of Israeli civilians screaming as they burned to death in Bus 18. As Perez visited the site of the second attack on this bus, he was greeted by an angry crowd that were shouting, you have signed a covenant with death. 3,000 is the covenant number of God. The year 2023 marks the 30-year anniversary of the covenant of death. 30 is the number of maturity. And as the covenant of death matures later this year, it is about to bring judgment and death upon the whole world, not just upon Israel and America, but the whole world. There's another confirmation. 2023 is the 50th year anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision, which legalized the murder of babies, which is also the worship of Molech in America. 50 years is the number of a jubilee. And under the laws of the jubilee, you get what is coming to you. For the people who belong to the Lord, we can look forward to the year of our redemption. But the world will now face the day of God's vengeance. And the Lord's the Lord told me his judgment was sufficient. You know, some of us have um, maybe struggled, struggled a little bit with forgiveness issues. You know, maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been violated. Maybe you've had a whole lot of this treatment from the world, from, from the church, even from family, even from people you thought were your friends. You know, sometimes it's hard to just release all that to the Lord and let it go. But the Lord spoke to me and said, my judgment is sufficient. And I have no doubt God's right. The day of vengeance is coming. The year of redemption comes with the day of vengeance. 50 years ago, it became legal to murder babies in America's abortion clinics. The abortion practices of this country have evolved into a form of evil without measure. Now, if you've got children listening, if there are women listening, You know, you might want to skip forward about two minutes in the program, or you might want to turn off the audio content. Come back to me in about two minutes, because I'm going to talk about the truth of what is happening right now here in the United States of America. The abortion practices of this country have evolved into a form of evil without measure. Our own government funding supports the barbaric practice where livers are cut out of living babies for stem cell research while they are yet alive. These innocent souls who've been sentenced to death through abortion in the Planned Parenthood clinics in the city of Pittsburgh are first delivered through an induced premature birth to preserve the blood supply for organ harvesting until the last moment. These newborn babies are then killed as their livers are cut out while they are alive. Their bodies are then thrown in hazardous waste garbage bags. These poor little souls are first laid on a cold steel killing table. Their heads, their hands, their legs taped so they cannot move during the procedure. The livers are then sent to educational institutions, such as the University of Pittsburgh, where hell on earth is occurring on a daily basis. Yes, the University of Pittsburgh, home of the Panthers, is also home to some of the most barbaric experiments carried out on aborted human infants, including scalping five-month-old fetuses and stitching 
their scalps under lab rats. You can watch a five-minute video of this horror. You'll find it online if you, if you look for it. If you can finish watching the video, I, I couldn't finish it. Women and children should not watch the video. Do I sound extreme? If I warn you, the Holy One has seen enough. The Lord can no longer stand to watch any more of this. Now, the average American, including most Christians, they ignore this Holocaust. They prefer to focus on enjoying their guacamole and chips and with ice-cold beer. Now, they're probably not buying Bud Light. They're probably buying Coors now while they gather to watch the modern-day Nephilim play football on national television, the NFL. Well, on Monday night, January 3rd, which was the legal holiday of New Year's Day this year in America, heaven showed the world that America's game is going to be suspended later this year. Notice the number of the player injured that night from what was likely a um, bio-war injury. It was the number three the number of the judgment about to be released in a world war that would be number three. 2023 is the 50-year anniversary of the murdering of the innocent in America. You know, the practice of abortion in the early years was with surgical or suction extraction, tearing a baby apart as if it was savaged by a pack of wolves. Then the industry of fetal death developed the practice of uh, sailing abortion, in which a baby is slowly burned to death inside their mother's womb over a one- to two-hour period, much like the babies who were burned to death in the Valley of Hinnom. They also died being slowly cooked alive over burning funeral pyres. At the end of a saline abortion, a shriveled, blackened corpse is stillborn. In the Valley of Hinnom, the worshippers of Molech would build a fire stacking up wood a hundred yards wide. Then they would tie the legs of little lambs together so they couldn't flee from the fire. Hundreds of lambs and hundreds of human babies would be thrown alive into the flames, Bone fragments from the remains prove the babies took up to two hours to die. Do you recall what the Holy One did when his judgment fell on that nation? It will not pale in comparison to what awaits America. This evil is ending soon. Of this, I am certain. May I just share one little thing? This is from uh, my book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. It's It's in the section entitled, I am the Lord, I change not. God declares in Malachi that he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord is a God of judgment. He will not tolerate the murder of innocent children or the promotion of sexual immorality or sodomy without bringing his judgment. God judged Israel for turning from his truth to darkness. The people worshiped the pagan gods They engaged in all form of wickedness. They worshipped Ashtaroth, the god of sexual immorality. They were killing their babies, burning them alive on the altars of Molech. Though they turned a deaf ear to the screams of their own children, the Lord heard. And he turned his ear to the suffering cries of his little ones. His heart was turned with compassion for these poor innocent babies. And in his nostrils, the fire of his wrath kindled against his now wicked nation. He did not tarry long before bringing his judgment. Today in America, our nation worships these same evil gods. And in our modern clinics, we are murdering his little children again. Though much of America turns a deaf ear to their cries, the Lord still hears. 
and his heart breaks for each and every one of these innocent souls. Again, the Lord has become wroth with this, his Christian nation. He will not tarry long this time either. And then lastly, let me just give you the meaning of the number 23 itself. 23 is the number of death. It represents death. 22 is the number of truth. The 22 characters of the Hebrew alphabet represent the revelation of all truth. The number 23 represents adding anything to the Word of God. If you add anything or subtract anything from the Word of God, you bring death. And so the number 23 is associated with death and judgment within the Scriptures. I'll just share a few examples. In Genesis 23, Sarah died. In Leviticus 23, Balaam prophesied of Israel that the people would one day rise up as a great lion and would pour out the blood of the wicked at the end of the age. Deuteronomy 23 deals with uncleanliness in the camp. Joshua 23 contains a warning that if Israel turned back to the ways of the nations, it would bring a curse upon them and they would perish in the land. 1 Samuel 23 contains the account of Saul's pursuit attempting to kill David. 2 Samuel 23 deals with David's final words before his death and a prophecy that one day all the sons of Belial would be burned together as thorns. 2 Kings 23 deals with Josiah's reforms, burning Tophet and the Valley of Hanan, where the innocent were burned as an offering to Molech, killing the priest who offered them in the high places, and finally Josiah's death as well. Psalm 23 deals with the valley of the shadow of death. Jeremiah 23 rebukes the false prophets and declares a whirlwind of the Lord is about to come forth upon the whole earth in the last days. Ezekiel 23 proclaims judgment unto death to the unfaithful daughters of Israel. Matthew 23, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, declaring its destruction. In Luke 23, we read the account of Jesus' death on the cross, and Acts 23 reveals a plot to kill Paul. 23,000 died in the wilderness. It's recorded in Scripture when Israel sinned. I first began to warn America in the summer of 1999 when I went on a national tour for my first book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. Like Baruch, my distant great-grandfather, and Jeremiah, who he worked for faithfully, they warned Israel for 23 years, and then the judgment came. 2022 was the 23rd year of my warning of America. So now comes her judgment. The following quote is from a book, Secret and Suppressed, Banned Ideas and Hidden History. For years, I've been trying to draw attention to Masonic sorcery and its relationship to political control. I believe that many people instinctually realize the power that Freemasonry exerts on the government of the United States. But since they are hoodwinked, they do not understand the secrecy, silence, and darkness that surrounds the mysteries of the Masonic art. And so control of the government of the United States is traced to Wall Street, and not to the crossroads of witchcraft. America is a news ghetto where the news media continually endeavors to promote apathy while going through the motions, the lip sync of supposed reform, like a haunted house draining its occupants of any free will in return for sleep without nightmares. The American people are mental captives of a horror that feeds them misinformation as its stone bell tolls. The death of a nation. You should die like men. You know? 
I've got more, but that's probably a good stopping point. And then, Johnny, you know, I'd love to get your comments and feedback, and then we can talk about what shall the righteous do. Oh, well, um, I'm impressed. Uh, I love how the numbers add up, and I find it also kind of interesting, really. I mean, I know, well, for example, uh, you know, if you, if, if for anyone out there who has been monitoring um, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate, um, we know that their target is 2030. So the, you know, the whole global reset, this whole, you know, um, CBDCs, the institution of FedNow, the elimination of cash, uh, the uh, graphene oxide, uh, you know, nanoparticles that have been injected into people that can be controlled with 5G, according to the DARPA people that have, you know, the scientists that can kill somebody if they have their DNA signature remotely over the airwaves. Um, we've got everything in place pretty much. Uh, and what's fascinating is that these entities have been very, very verbose about 2030 being their target date to go live. So, um, I, you know, when, 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 you know, when you're adding all of these numbers up from so many different and diverse Wow, to have that line up right with the exact, um, you know, master plan, if you will, of the forces of darkness and when they and when they, they believe they're going to, you know, go live with their new global reset. Uh, wow, that's that's impressive because that that's a lot of math pointing to the same date that the forces of darkness have chosen themselves. So, um it makes complete sense to me, um, but I think we're in for, and I think you would agree that, you know, based on everything that you said, I, I think that we're in for a lot of ugly on our way to that journey. But, yeah, one of the headlines uh, from the National Pulse, I don't really know this particular magazine, but it says here the the World Economic Forum says that it will accelerate the implementation of the globalist agenda for 2030. So um, I've known that that was their target date for quite some time. But, um, yeah, now the news that's coming out uh, of these entities is, uh, you know, they're going to accelerate things as if it hasn't. You know, and, I mean, you know, it's all order out of chaos, right? So we we can expect for them to accelerate things, they're going to have to do another, some type of an attack against mankind. You know, you know what I mean? They, they, they need that chaos. They need those lockdowns. They need the evil that they've been pushing on us to, because, because while we're all running around beating our, the fire out on our heads and trying to keep ourselves together, uh, they're expediting their 15-minute cities. They're expediting, you know, the very carefully controlled financial demolition. Uh, you know, to your point earlier, like, um, you know, we're sitting on two quadrillion dollars worth of derivatives in the real estate market alone. Um, the house values are way out of control. It's, it's absolutely insane. And and th you're right. I mean, 
I, I can't even think of an analogy to express how unbelievably um, fragile. I mean, it, it's 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 there's like you said earlier. You're right. There is no recovery. I've said that before on prior shows. I said, you know, you know, the churchianity can go out there and wave their MAGA hats all they want to. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter who's in the presidency. The damage that's been done is it, you can't recover from it. It's not recoverable. Uh, you know. So anyway, um, yeah. Uh, when I look at, I'm, I'm, I'm looking right at the headline right now. It's got Klaus Schwab on the cover, Davos Agenda, World Economic Forum, Agenda 2030. So that's pretty telling if you, you know, when you take all the math that you put together and you line it all up and then you add in the fact that this happens to be, uh, I, and I mean, these, these guys are serious. I mean, they are very, they're <laughs> deadly serious about making this date, right? So you put that all together, that tells a heck of a story. Praise God. Well, we we do have some signposts that we can look to that'll give us confirmation if, in fact, the the War of Ezekiel 38 is going to take place in, in the fall of this year. Uh, one of those would be the, the second front of the war, which is planned for Iran, and Iran already has basically uh, equipped their proxy forces, Hezbollah in Lebanon and um, Hamas down there in Gaza, and you know they will begin a massive missile barrage on Israel. And you know the Iranian political leaders are basically saying, look, Israel is ripe for the taking. You know the significant number of the Israeli younger generation refused to even serve in the military. I mean, Israel has gone crazy just like we have. And, and so, you know, the, the enemies are emboldened, but we should see war erupt in the Middle East. Initially, Hezbollah and Hamas initiated. And, the, you know, the Iranians, they leaked somewhat of their plans. The Israelis have like these, they've got a pretty big wall on the border with Lebanon. The Hezbollah has been practicing, Johnny, with uh, dirt bikes and they've been building jump ramps and he's, if you're a fairly good athlete and you know you can hit hit one of those ramps at about 40 or 50 miles an hour you can fly over the security fence and land on the other side so they they're planning to have thousands of bikes flying across the border with lebanon you know and, you know crazy you but, know what but really actually kept- pretty brilliant strategy so, so, so to add to that, um, those those kamikaze drones that they're given that Iran is given to Russia right now are devastating, and I can't. I mean, man, I I really don't think Israel is ready for what's coming their way. I don't think so. I, I it, it's and plus, we also are aware we're antagonize. So we antagonize everybody. Okay, we poke the bear, we poke the Chinese, we poke North Korea, we antagonize the entire world. We do. 
And, um, and, and we do it when we are at our weakest, which is right now, because we basically gave everything into the Ukraine. And so, and, and there hasn't been any buildup on our end, but anyway, that's all beside the point. The, 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 those, those comic, I just, I, I, I've been monitoring the Ukrainian battle from many different angles, including telegram following all kinds of different, and, and I'm telling you, my goodness gracious, those, Iran has a whole different portfolio of weaponry today than they did the last time, you know. And you're right, Hezbollah. You've got they're they're all joining forces now, um, you know, the different uh, so-called terrorist groups or whatnot over there. So we're looking, and then. To top it all off, we're still – well, I don't know if – yeah, it is us. It is us. There's tons and tons of uh, reports from what I consider to be relatively, if not definitely, good sources about our presence in Syria. I mean we still have a very strong military presence in Syria, and Israel is continuing to pummel. Um, the towns out uh, uh, in the outskirts of Damascus and such. So, um, yeah, it's a, it is a hotbed right now, and 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 you know who's going to be not too happy is Putin. Okay, so we go in there. We're already flying F thirty five sorties, practice sorties into Iran to see whether or not the Iranian. Um, uh, anti-aircraft radar are able to see them. And so far, they haven't. So right now, Whoa. we don't know when. What's, what's your we source? don't know when. But what's your source on that? Yeah. What's your source Oh, wow. I'd have to go back. And dig. Yeah, here. I can maybe probably find it with a quick web search. Hold on I mean, a second here. Um, hold on. That's, that's, that's a pretty com. incredible uh, detail there, Johnny. I mean... Oh. Yeah, they're probing for the attack on ramps, essentially. Oh no, they're test. They're already doing it. So what they're doing is, um, so uh, hold on a second. Let me see if I maybe I better take F thirty five out of it. Let me just see here. Um, it was F thirty five though. Um, flight, Post it in the notes to the uh, program. Into, That'll work. Well, here's the thing. The article that. It, it's six months old, and so finding it in my show notes is an astronomically difficult task. Um, I wish I had everything cataloged. Um, F-35 flight into Iran uh, to test uh, Iranian um, air radar. Okay, let's see if this picks anything up. Um Let's see. Iran's tech is so bad. Russia's helping F-35. Israel's F-35 repeatedly penetrated. Here it is. Okay. This is part of it. There's a series of reports that are out there that you can dig up. Um, there was one that was a little bit more in your face than this one, but this is still – it's talking about the same thing. All right. So anyway, so let's see. Are you saying – did you okay, suggest that I put it into the blog, blog talk radio chat, or do you want me to email it to you? Well, you, you can, I can you can just email it. Um, yeah, I, I'm just – that's like a huge data point. It means we're now practicing for an eventual attack on Iran. And at the same time, North Korea is, is the planned phase three of the war, and they're saber-rattling. So this whole thing's coming together. Oh, by the way, we've got massive sabotage incidents occurring inside the U.S. and inside Russia. You know, trains keep derailing. Oh, yeah. 
I, I think we're up to 1,900 food processing plants that have been destroyed. I mean, you know, something's wrong with the food system. It's being eliminated. And, you know, if you can't put two and two together and spell, you know, four, uh, this thing's live. And, you know, is it – could we be in World War III as quickly as this October? Well, yeah, World War III could happen within an hour. It doesn't need five or six oh, months. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so we'll you see. know, any any decent student of World War history knows that it's not like somebody just waves a checkered flag and says, ready, get set, go. Matter of fact, there's a lot of uh, folks like, uh, you know, uh, Colonel McGregor, some others that feel pretty strongly that the situation that we're in right now is already the throes of World War III. Um, so, you know, no, are we actively, you know, in other words, are there Chinese paratrooping down on the United States directly right now? No. If that's what you need, or and I don't mean you personally, I'm talking about any human being. If a, if a human being needs to see Chinese troops coming out with parachutes, you know, from whatever, uh, troop transports or whatnot, if that's what you need to see to trigger in your brain that World War III has started, okay, fine, whatever. But if you if you study World War II and, and you know, even World War One, there was an awful lot, you know, there's a book, it's about four to five inches thick. It's a big, long read, but it's called The Winds of War. And that book talks about all of the buildup that led to World War II. And it is a very, very long story. And what's fascinating is there's always seems to be some kind of a Weimar Republic sort of an event that triggers it. You know what I'm saying? And so when you look at all the countries around the world, with the exception of the BRICS countries, the rest of them are on the edge of a Weimar Republic situation. And that is a very common when, – when the population is hungry, okay, when there's no food, when the, when the money, money system is collapsing, these are the kinds of things that s seem to always precede the Blitzkrieg. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's all adding up. If this was like a game of risk, it's like we're right there. Um, here, let me send, hit the send button and get this over to you. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, here it says is Israeli F-35s repeatedly penetrated Iran's airspace, according to this report. So anyway, um, you know, you could use that article to find probably several other as well. Or several well, others. You're absolutely, um, but, you're absolutely yeah. correct. The, the pre-war rhetoric before World War II is pretty much almost exactly what we're seeing today. Everybody was talking, if, if this doesn't change, it'll lead to war. You know, there was constant bellicose threats of world war. And we're getting the same thing today. I mean, Putin in the last day making a speech said, everyone should understand that by and large, we have not commenced anything serious. You know, we have not seen the Russian military for what they can do. Oh, uh, oh no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, so I spend a, I think it, I don't even know how to say it. No less than probably 10 hours per week 
deep dive researching the things that most Americans don't even know how to get their hands on. Okay. Anyway, long story short, you know, the, the, we have not seen anything yet. The closest we've seen as far as high tech weaponry from Russia are the hypersonic missiles. And the last hypersonic missile that they fired uh, a couple of days ago, which was in response to a direct attack on uh, Russian soil, that the, the, the hypersonic missile, of course, it's a missile, so it's pointy. Well, when it comes down from whatever its cruising altitude is, which is very, very high, it, it, it's like... Um, it's it's a it's an earth penetrator and so what happens is it comes down at hypersonic speeds and it literally burrowed i mean that thing was going so fast and it's so pointy and by and and it that somehow this is how accurate this is how accurate the Russian federation is they literally that missile hit right above a uh, nato headquarter operation for war Okay, 400 feet underground, and that missile went straight through the dirt, straight into the bunker, and blew them all to, well, you know where they went. But anyway, um, uh, so we're already seeing a technological escalation occur. It's just, to my surprise, really, it's happening a lot. You know, the restraint that Russia has held thus far. There's, now, there's been a lot of threats, you know, coming from Medvedev and stuff, but the restraint up until this point is quite noteworthy, considering how much these, we'll just say the West has antagonized the situation. We've, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but in February and April of last year, right after they just began, you know, the offensive, I was watching live video. I was watching the Russian soldiers and the Chechnyan soldiers working with Russia going over to dead bodies and reaching into their pockets and pulling out United States military IDs. We have had American black ops, CIA, you name it, soldiers actively working on the ground pretty much since day one, and Russia has known it the whole time. I watched them pull well, yeah. the IDs out. Yeah, you know what I mean? No question. And so it's, it's, it's mind-bending that, that Putin has controlled himself to the extent that he has well, thus far. But boy, when, when he presses that button, they, let me tell you something. Yeah, bad news. Goodbye, Babylon. Um, you know, it's going to burn in one hour. And such great wealth is going to be gone. And, you know, in, in all of this, you know, people trying to store up gold and silver for the day of wrath. And the scripture says, you know, that's not going to work either. But, you know, Russia is merely trying to achieve a political victory. The, the military victory is assured because Babylon's defenseless. And they've already hacked all of the primary systems. They've hacked the cell phone network through which our troops communicate. They know the exact location 
of all of our military personnel. I mean, this is ridiculous how bad it is. You know, it's almost as if we've been betrayed and treason has occurred within our political and military leadership. Wait, no, that's exactly what has happened. We've been betrayed and treason has occurred. And this is over. And the only thing that's really happening is Putin is playing a chess game because he wants to ensure that he wins the political victory. He's got to win the propaganda victory. Russia needs to be able to, to say with, with conviction, and it's got to be a believable report, that Russia acted you know, in considered and reasonable fashion, attempting to secure peace, attempting to defend itself, and was ultimately forced into a corner where it had no other choice than to destroy Babylon as an act of self-defense to protect the existential existence of the Russian Federation. And he's got to win that argument in the, in the eyes of public opinion around the world. And, you know, so that at the end of the war, they're the good guys. You know, if you're going to win a war, you've got to win as the just victor. You have to be the, the nation that engaged in a just war. Your acts have got to be viewed as justice and right under the lens of public opinion. Otherwise, you lose. And so that's really what's happening here is, you know, this is just a show for the U.S. to continue to show itself to be, I mean, what, what face are we putting forth to the world? Transgender children? Really? We're mutilating our children? You know, Bud Light? you got to be kidding me. Drag Queen Story Hour? I mean, who in their right mind would even think you should subject children to these perversions? Look, if people want to be drag queens, name, it's a free his country. His name is Obama. Yeah, you know, it's a, <laughs> his name that? is Obama. He's married to Michael. He's, he's the one that's well, yeah. holding the marionette strings to Biden. He's operating this whole deal right now. Most, As a matter of fact, I even have testimony from a lawmaker who uh, just recently retired, and he, he comes right out and says, you know, anybody who doesn't realize that Obama is uh, running the entire United States government right now is absolutely clueless. As a matter of fact, I got, I got the guy's testimony right here. Hold on just a second. Hold on a second. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it, it, yeah, once you – yeah, when you see – yeah, here he is. Now let me go ahead. Whoops, I got – it, yeah, it's clearly flip, not the guy that's looking for his shoes. I mean, the current president is this still is, looking this for is his shoes. Devin, this that's is Devin Nunes. This is Devin Nunes, man. Devin Nunes. If they're being truthful, the fake news doesn't report on it. Everybody knows the Obama people are running the Biden White House. And there's a little bit of a, a rift there between, you know, and every once in a while it leaks out in the fake news um, between uh, the Obama people and, and Biden and his wife and, you know, his former chief of staff who's, who's not there anymore. But, um, you know, they keep, it looks to me like they keep a very tight ring around Biden. And then you've got the Obama people that are spread throughout our government that have just built on what they did from during Obama's eight years of president. And now we get to now we're in this very horrible chapter of American history that seems to get worse by the day. So it's controlled demolition. As a matter of fact, what's really fascinating, uh, you're going to love this. What's really fascinating, and I'm scrolling up to it, is I'm almost there. Oh, wait, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. 
Oh, yeah, there's a guy from DARPA talking about how – oh, this. you got to hear this. You're going to love this. Listen to this. This is a whistleblower from way back, uh, FBI whistleblower, on uh, what they were told on the inside, top secret, shh, don't tell nobody kind of thing, when Obama appeared on the scene. This is amazing. It's not very long at all. Listen to this. This is amazing. Something unbelievable happened for us in the FBI. We were getting lots of rumors about this high-level asset that worked for several intelligence agencies at the same time. He worked for the Saudi intelligence service. He worked for the CIA, and he was being developed as a political asset in Chicago, Illinois. He was not even a United States citizen, but it was said that he was a student visa and that he was a, a national from another country. In 2008, Everyone in the intelligence structure found out who he was. It was this individual whose name I don't like to say, who became president in 2008 of the United States. And I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States. The office of president of the United States. One of his code names was Renegade. His real name was Barry Sortaro, but uh, he adopted a different name uh, for his political career. When they ran him for president, the cabal Basically, this was the culmination of so many of their plans for so many years. His mission was to destroy the United States. His mission was to destroy the United States. And I have a 1919 uh, prophecy from a prophet named Walu from uh, Africa. And uh, it's called the Son of Kenya prophecy about a son of Kenya who who will rise to power in the United States and destroy it. So, you know what? Game on. (laughs) And when you think about it, it's like game on. There's no turning this train around. I don't see that happening at all. No, this has been decreed from the foundation of time. You know, this is the day of the Lord that has come, and it, and it comes at the appointed time. And it, it's here. The day of the Lord is at it hand. Is here. And so what do we do to prepare? You know, do we need to be, you know, up to date on the 50 ways they're planning on killing us? Do you need to know every one of the enemy's plans for your destruction? I, I would say probably not. I think we need to know the Lord's plan for our deliverance. And, you know, much of the church today is not walking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe people have been born again. Maybe they've been spirit-filled. But most Christians are not walking in the spirit of life. You know, if, if the truth be told, most Christians are walking in the realm of death today, which is the realm of the flesh. And in the vanity of their own mind, in the carnal nature, they're actually enemies of God. For the carnal mind is unable to subject itself to the things of God or to the will of God. Ephesians 4 verse 18 talks about a generation of people whose understanding is darkened and they're alienated from life in God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. And, you know, that, that blindness is over the whole world. Right now, you know, why is the church blocked today from entering the presence of God? You know, 
there's a movie that just came out, The Jesus Revolution. And some of you guys maybe saw it. Some of you maybe listened to it, went and watched it two or three times. Um, I was actually at Calvary Chapel when I was saved at 14. I was there in, in the Calvary Chapel tent. I was at the Christian commune, Mansion Messiah. I was part of that early move of the Spirit of God in what later became known as the Jesus Revolution. And, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit that would come upon the assembly of the saints. And I can remember going to a Christian concert, and just an outdoor Christian concert with one of, and I think it was Mustard Seed Faith was the band that was playing. And the presence of the Holy Spirit just descended upon the entire crowd of people. And it was, it was so profound. It was like being in heaven. You know, and that anointing is not present in the churches today. The churches are blocked. The second heaven is blocked. You know, it's blocked by, by the sin and compromise. It's blocked by a people who are ignorant of spiritual warfare. It's blocked by people who are unwilling to take authority. And it's also blocked by the sin and the compromise that has become commonplace in the house of God. But this, these strongholds that have been established to keep the church out of the presence of God and out of the place of true life in the spirit of God, they're able to stand because there's an absence of prayer and fasting. You know, the scriptures are abundantly clear. Go read the book of Joel. It's only three chapters. You can read it in probably five, ten minutes. It's, the scripture is very, very clear. To you who see these things coming upon you and your family, and as, as Johnny and I have explained tonight, they are here. They're coming shortly upon the whole earth. And whether we have six months until the war or whether there's another year, everything is coalescing together. All of these crises are in vortex mode. It's like the world is spiraling down into a place of death and destruction in every aspect of of human existence is it's degrading right before our eyes and yet the church does nothing when has anyone heard of a church calling for a solemn assembly when have the pastors stood up and said you know what this sunday afternoon instead of a potluck we're going to gather in prayer and fasting it's unheard of you can't take the food away from these people you know and and I don't understand how they could be so ignorant because I didn't make up the idea of praying and fasting. You know, I can't copyright that. That was God's idea. And in the book of Joel, it's very clear. The generation that sees these things coming, we are commanded, you know, to gather together in solemn assemblies and to lie on the ground before the altar of God and to cry out and pray all night for God's mercy and deliverance of our children and our families. You know, it's, it's, it's very clear that when we turn with our whole hearts, that's when the Lord will hear us. You know, we all love the, the promise of the new covenant in Jeremiah, and we all love the, the verses in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, where the Lord says, I know the plans that I have for you, you know, plans to bless you and to, and to heal you, and, and you know, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart, but we all forget to start in the Actually, the context of those promises begin in verse 10. After the 70 years of end time Babylon have been completed, I will come and visit you. Well, the visitation of the Lord is the day of vengeance, and it's the year of redemption. 
And that year is nigh upon us. Johnny, we've got a few minutes left. I want to talk about the final Jubilee, if I can. And um, I'm going to go kind of quick on this. Um, you guys that want to hear this again, you can, I'll direct you to some of the more recent programs that I've done on other venues. But, you know, we, we know that the, the year of redemption is the year of, of Jubilee. It's the year in which we get redeemed. And, and the law of the Jubilee was, was an appointment under the old covenant that Israel would mark every seven years would be a Sabbath year. And after seven Sabbath years, which would be a 49-year period of time, Israel was ordered to observe a Jubilee. And in the year of Jubilee, three things would happen. All debt would be forgiven. It was really God's reset. And it happened every 50 years. All debts would be forgiven, all slaves would be set free, and all property that had been lost through foreclosure would be restored and redeemed to the original tribe that owned that property. So God reset everything. Well, and, and so the Jubilee governed our civil relations within the nation. It, it canceled our, our debt, freed the slaves, and it redeemed property that had been foreclosed. All of those acts are acts of civil law even as everything under the old covenant was essentially a covenant of the flesh. We know by the spirit and by scripture that the new covenant is a covenant of the spirit of God, where we're following the law of the spirit, not the law of the mind of the flesh. Well, because we've only got a few minutes, I'm going to, I'll make this brief. In the prophecy of Daniel's 70 weeks outlined in Daniel nine verses 24 to 27, we're given the time frame for the fulfillment of God's plan for Israel and, and the fulfillment of his plan of redemption. And we're told that 70 weeks, and these are seven-year periods, or 490 years have been appointed to the people of God and to the holy city of Jerusalem for the completion of all things, for the attainment of everlasting righteousness, to make an end of sin. And then we're told, no one understand from the command to restore Jerusalem until the coming of Messiah shall be seven sevens, or 49 years, and 62 sevens. And after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be killed, but not for himself. Okay, so those represent the prophecy of the two comings of the Lord. The first is after 62 weeks. That was 2,000 years ago. The second is at the end of the age. Now, I know all the modern Bible teachers have made an error in almost everything they've touched, and they also have made a disastrous error with the 70 weeks prophecy by adding the seven and the 62 weeks together and, and referencing 69 weeks. And, and they, they take the command of Artaxerxes through to Jesus' appearance at Jerusalem riding the donkey. And they argue that that's the, the 62 weeks, which is you know, 483 years. That is incorrect, like much now, the prophecies were sealed until the time of the end. You can't discern them with your carnal understanding. So much of what was written about Bible prophecy 30, 40, 50 years ago, if you're still following that consensus, it's probably wrong. Isaac Newton, in his book, Observations on the Prophecies of Daniel and the Revelation of St. John, published in London in the late 1700s, a few years after his death by his family, outlined his insight into this scripture, and he concluded that the 62 weeks was the compass for the first coming. And the command of Artaxerxes, which was in 444 B.C., until the birth of Jesus Christ in the year 2 B.C., was exactly 62 weeks, which is 434 years. But every 49 years, you had a jubilee. 
And so when you add eight jubilees contained within the 400 years, you end up with 442 years between the command at 444 B.C. and the birth of Messiah at 2 B.C. And it's perfectly fulfilled prophecy. At the end of the age, again, there would be the birth of the man-child in which Jesus is born again into this world, coming in his people as God Almighty before he comes in the clouds. We don't have time to get into the details of which, but that prophecy of the seven weeks at the end of the age again requires a jubilee, a 50th day, a 50th year to be added to the count. Well, between the first prophecy of the first coming, which is 434 years, we've counted eight jubilees. The prophecy of the seven weeks at the end of the age requires another jubilee. Well, that's nine, but yet 490 years would require ten jubilees to complete the prophetic calendar so where's the missing jubilee and how could we have missed the jubilee well let me let me give you um my insight into this section of scripture jesus being born in a jubilee in 2 bc would set the benchmark for the jubilee calendar that would mean 1948 was a jubilee and did an event similar or consistent with a jubilee occur in 1948 did land get returned to the original owner in 1948? Yes, indeed it did. So 1948 was a jubilee. Well, that would make 1998 also a jubilee. The next jubilee under the law of the Torah would be in 2048. But I'm here to tell you that the final jubilee, the 10th jubilee of the prophecy of Daniel 9 is the jubilee of our redemption. And it's a jubilee by the law of the Spirit. It's the jubilee of the new covenant, not the jubilee of the old. It doesn't deal with freeing slaves in the natural. It deals with the freedom of slaves in the Spirit. And it doesn't deal with the return of foreclosed property in the natural. It deals with the recovery of property that has been stolen from the people of God by the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't deal with all of our debts, our financial debts being forgiven. It deals with the complete redemption and forgiveness of the people of God in the spirit. It is a spiritual jubilee. And even as Israel has a spiritual new year, which is Nisan 1, which we celebrated recently, and also a civil calendar in Tishri, which is marked by Rosh Hashanah, and the civil and spiritual new year are exactly the opposite six months apart. So the spiritual jubilee should be exactly the opposite of the civil jubilee. And what, what do I mean by that? It should be 25 years apart. Well, if the civil jubilee occurred in 1998, if we had 25 years, we get to the fall of 2023. For the day of vengeance and the year of my redeemed. And so God's redemption of his remnant, a complete and total redemption in which the remnant are, are literally set free from every hindrance of Satan. And they are forgiven. They are, every sin issue is removed. See, today the church is burdened by sin, although they'll, most of them can't even see the sin that's burdening them. They're nevertheless under the hard servitude to the flesh. I've got Christians that, you know, their lives are in grave jeopardy. They've got children that are in grave jeopardy, and yet they cannot fast and pray for even one day. The flesh so dominates them. They can't put down the cheeseburger. They can't put down the chocolate shake from Jack in the Box. 
or expletive deleted in the box because this isn't even food. These corporate products that everyone's addicted to don't even actually meet the definition of food, but people are addicted. But a day of victory is coming. Johnny, I would posit to our listeners that a spiritual jubilee awaits us in this year. The Lord's visitation brings the fire. The coals burn. The ground burns at his feet as he comes to visit the earth in the beginning of the judgment sequence of the final seven years of human history. And he calls that the day of vengeance. And it begins the year of redemption. And so for the remnant whose hearts have been counted worthy by the Master. This is the year of our redemption. And so, you know, if you are part of the remnant, then there's no reason to fear the judgment that's coming. Actually, you know, it says in the scripture that the angels of God and the holy prophets and the apostles will rejoice at the fall of wicked end-time Babylon so that her evil will be stopped. And so that the redemption of God's people can begin. So, you know, rather than being afraid of what's ahead of us, we should just make ready. And how do we do that? By declaring solemn assemblies, by gathering together in prayer and fasting, by finding a few Christians that you can trust to tell the truth and confess our sins one to another. Not one to the church group, not one to the women's tea club, not one to your men's group, one to another. And, you know, the enemy has been very successful in making church a dangerous place where, you know, Christians throw each other under the bus as if it's nothing. You know, the scripture says, you know, if you that are spiritual, if you find a brother that is, that is overtaken in a fault, you should go slander them all over the world. No. You should break fellowship with them. No. It says you should go to them in meekness and in humility and restore such a one. But that isn't what happens today. Christians abandon each other. I mean, Christian friends, they don't last. Christian friendships don't seem to last. Maybe you've got one or two people in your life that you can trust. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe a member of your family that has not become your enemy yet. Maybe you've got a small group of people that you're willing to take the risk. Gather together in a solemn assembly. Fast and pray for a day, for three days. It's not that hard. We begin fasting at sundown. You know, you can do a Daniel fast for prolonged if you have to physically work. If you can take a few days, you can fast for one, two, or even three days. It's not that hard. You start on Thursday night, for example. You, you eat healthy food a day or two before the fast. Stop eating at sundown. All day Friday, you eat nothing, just drink water. Friday, sundown. Again, Saturday, nothing. Again, Sunday, nothing. Monday morning, you break the fast. That's a three-day fast. You do a one-day fast. You fast Friday night. You fast all day Saturday. You break the fast Sunday morning. We don't want to break the fast the, the evening that the sun has gone down. Intermittent fasting is a very powerful uh, detoxification process. It's critical that we all do that now. And as you engage real fasting with your intermittent fasting, the last thing you want to do is break a fast, you know, after six or seven o'clock at night. That's really foolish. Just fast through to the next morning. You'll be fine. Go to bed early. If you wake up early and you're really hungry and the sun is up, go have breakfast. But folks, you know, 
In the Psalms, the scripture says, let their table be made a snare unto them. That's what's happened to the church. People are addicted to their food. And the food has been chemically processed to operate chemically, very much like cocaine. So the fact that you're addicted to these drugs that you call food was really by design. The, the people of the Red Dragon did this to you as part of their attack against you and your family. You need to overcome this. You've been given power and authority over all the works of the devil. You can certainly overcome the addiction of food, even as you can overcome the addiction of marijuana or pornography or cocaine or heroin or fentanyl or, or whatever addiction has become a stronghold in your life. And it takes fasting and prayer to break these things off. But listen, the remnant are people that are going to take serious the things of God in this hour. And there's a price. You know, the Lord says in the scriptures, gather together my saints that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. We were told to deny ourselves and to pick up our cross. We were told to deny the flesh. The most powerful way you can deny the flesh is to deny your flesh food for for one or several days. And, you know, there's plenty of information on how to, how to fast in a healthy way. It is powerful, people. If you've got loved ones that are in bondage, you've got children that are addicted to drugs, that are, that are addicted to satanic lifestyles, that are going to land their soul in hell if God doesn't intervene, your most powerful weapon is fasting and prayer. Because some kind, some of these demonic strongholds cannot be broken by any other means. And yet, you know, we've got all these watchmen who really I call newsmen. You know, there's all these newsmen giving us the news of the end times. That's great. Okay. The day of the Lord is here. The judgment's about to fall. And I've just given you, you know, a dozen reasons why it's probably going to go down in the next six months. Now, if it turns out I'm wrong, okay. It's a year away. No more than two. The time is flying. It's already the month of May in a few hours. 2023 will be half over in a moment. The other half will be gone in the blink of an eye. And if we're not already in the post-war period, we're going to be knocking on the door. There is not a lot of time to waste. We've got to get serious about the serious things of the kingdom. And that means we've got to get serious about the commandments of the Lord on how to prepare. Your silver and your gold cannot save you. Matter of fact, the smartest thing you could do with your money now, if you've got excess money, is give it to the poor. Make a donation to Wycliffe Associates. They've got a hundred Bible translation projects ready to go. They just need the funding in order to basically put the word of God into languages where the Bible has not yet been published. And, you know, what a wonderful gift to the poor. Give to the poor the word of God. Or, or help the orphans at Answer the Call International. Or find some other ministry where you are blessing the people of God. But, you know, trying to hoard our wealth. To, to protect ourselves and preserve our comforts from the day of the Lord when the end of all flesh will come, we'd have to have our head examined. The scripture is very clear. Their, their gold will be removed. They're taking the gold from you. And the silver will be thrown in the streets. It's too heavy to carry. So there might be a brief little window where the value of these assets goes up. David Wilkerson said, the investors in gold and silver would be terribly her, harmed and that it's not going to preserve purchasing power. And if, if I'm correct that the central banks engineer another deflationary collapse, the price of everything will fall as they, as they bring the, the nation to its knees, just as they did in the 1930s, pre preceding to the world war that they started 80 years ago. You know, and 80 years ago, it was the 1940s. The world was at war. 80 years before that, it was 
the 1860s. The world was at war. 80 years before that, it was the 1780s. America was at war, a revolutionary war. You want to keep counting? Go do the homework yourself. This cycle repeats over and over and over again. The days have come upon you. What are we going to do? The instruction from Scripture is crystal clear. Just nobody wants to put down that cheeseburger. So what are you going to save? The carpet or the people? What are you going to save? Your cheeseburger or your children? What are you going to save? Your family or your pleasures? You only get one. You have to choose who you're going to serve. What price are you willing to pay? Jesus paid a very high price to save our souls. What are we going to do to help save his children? What are we willing to pay? Will you pray with the Lord for one hour? He asked his own disciples to pray with him for one hour. They wouldn't do it. Will you pray for one hour? As the events of the Garden of Gethsemane are about to come upon the church, they're about to come upon the people of God, it's about to come to your front door, people. And I dare say, listen, I've been around. I've met 10,000 people through, through my books and through my teaching ministry around the world. I have met, I would estimate, 10,000 people. And I would say that um, 3% of them are ready. The other 97%, they're, they, they haven't even woken up yet. They think this is a news program that you're going to like watch on television. This is not. This is the day of the Lord. It's the judgment of Almighty God. And all of us have fallen away. Look, this is the age of the great apostasy. It touched every one of us. We've all backslidden. We all need to repent. And we all need to take a serious look at what God's calling us to do. And, you know, nobody knows what to do. Now is the time of your perplexity. Nobody has a clue what to do. I don't know if you've noticed that yet or not. The only one who knows what to do, what you should do is the Lord. And if you can't hear from the Lord, you're really in a rock and a hard place. But the Lord already spelled out what you should be doing. You should be fasting and praying and declaring solemn assemblies. So, how's it going? How many of you have been fasting and praying? Raise your hand. Wait, I don't see too many hands up, do I? No, I don't. How many of you have called a solemn assembly? How many of you are even studying the book of Joel? Go read the book of Joel. Get out a yellow pad of paper or whatever. Take notes. Every time the Lord gives you a commandment of something to do, write it down on your little pad of paper. When you're done with the three chapters of Joel, you'll have a little to-do list. And if you read that scripture carefully, it tells you to continue your fasting and prayer until your prayer turns into weeping and mourning. And if you're not yet weeping and mourning for what's about to come upon this land and what's about to come upon your children and your grandchildren, then your hearts are still hard and you need more prayer and fasting. And it's as simple as that, my friends. You know, this kingdom of God stuff's actually pretty straightforward. The Lord's looking for the truth in the inner man. It's not about the outward ceremonial law, you guys. God doesn't actually care as much about the outward ceremony as he does the matters of the heart. And there were a whole lot of Pharisees that, man, they had the outward ceremonial stuff wired. They were perfect at it. And in their hearts, they were ravenous wolves, den of thieves. They were whitewashed sepulchers. Jesus called them sons of hell. And they perished. 
They wouldn't receive the teaching of the Messiah. Well, this, at the end of the age, you know, the same things happened. Many shall seek to enter the kingdom on the wide road where you do it your way. Go to Jack in the Box and get it your way. You rule on the wide road. But they can't call you the sons of, and daughters of Israel because Israel means God rules. And on the wide road, everything else rules. Everything else is a priority. There's always time. There's always time for the things of the flesh. Everybody makes time to eat breakfast. Everybody has time to feed their flesh three meals a day. They have time to prepare their food, time to clean up. But does anyone have time to pray? Only a small remnant will wait with the hour that the Lord has requested of each of us. And it's high time we listen. Johnny, you do a great summary of what's going on. And I'm sure our listeners know the hour is late. Brothers and sisters, I'm sure you'll all agree with me as well. The vast majority of us, we are not ready for this. You think I'm kidding? You know, if you, if you actually think you are ready because you've got tuna fish and you've got shotgun shells and you, you got your cat food... Could we be so deceived? Only a remnant. I will take one out of a city, two out of a family, and I will lead them to Zion. How many are coming out of your city? Now, I think we have really misunderstood the day of the Lord. We've also failed to comprehend the requirements of the remnant. If you want to be part of the righteous remnant, you've got to find the truth in the inner man. And you know, we, we learned how to pretend in church. Yeah, the American church is full of a, a version of faith that I call pretense. Name it and claim it, brother. Just declare it. You should declare a thing and it will be established. Yeah, right. Why don't you go read that scripture in Hebrew? It actually reads, you shall discern a thing and so your, whether it be true or false, and so your ways will be established. But the church, you know, Poor English translation. I'm sorry, not every English verse in the King James Bible accurately translates the Hebrew. Well, how do you know that, Benjamin? Because I read the Hebrew. I'm a little, eh? I'm a little unhappy with a few of the verses. No, nothing of the cardinal doctrine is wrong. But the translators made a few mistakes. Their paradigms were written into the English text. So go search it out. Search it out. Use your concordance. Go search it out. You shall know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. If you're hiding behind the lies, if we're, if we're following the false faith of, the, of these mega churches, we're deceiving ourselves. And we won't last very long on the day of the Lord. Anyway, that's um, about all I got. Johnny, thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, no, thank you for joining us tonight. Powerful, um, everything. Everything is powerful, highly motivational, absolutely on target, very um, inspirational in the sense that it gives us um, what what I think we all need, which is a little bit of, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a little bit of a cattle prod to get things into gear because we are running out of time. I mean, we're running out of time 
real fast. So um, I think I think uh, all, all all of it, every everything, the math, the the way the numbers added up, the different pieces of the puzzle, all pointing in and funneling in toward um, this 2030 date. Boy, when you know, it's one thing when it comes from one source it's another thing when it when a date comes from several different disconnected unrelated sources wow uh it's mind-blowing um thank you so much for joining us tonight brother benjamin it's always an honor to have you uh uh share with us uh particularly information as important as this evening's program so god bless you for joining us uh i i I'm already looking forward to the next uh, opportunity. So, all right. So, um, uh, and folks, let's see. It's uh, April the 30th, Sunday night. We'll see you Wednesday at 7 p.m., Lord willing. God bless you, Benjamin. Thank you so much. Shalom. Thank you.
Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.